Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Oh, they're starting not to like each other down there. Chris Conley. Was there a fight today? AJ Boye. Was there a fight today? Jalen Ramsey. Get after it. Yep. It's, it's not a fight. A little let's, bit. Not, let's not misrepresent. Just some words. Okay. A little altercation. Now, what happened in the locker room? I have no idea. No, I'm oh. just kidding. <laughs> Full out Pier 6 brawl. I remember a, it was a slobber knocker. I, I don't know exactly the date, but it was last year at some point around this time Yeah. that... Uh, we got a little bit of that. Have you seen? And that carried into the like the locker room, the Fowler and, yeah. and Gakwe stuff. And but uh, this was not that. I, I will say from a visual perspective, you know, in the last few days, uh, Chris Conley and Ramsey have been going after each other. And obviously, Ramsey's going to have some wins, but Conley's had some wins here. And I don't say they're all against Ramsey, but they've mm-hmm. had some wins against his defense throughout camp on the long ball and in the end zone today. Boye and, and Conley. And I wasn't there yet, so I didn't even see that, but Marcel was there and, and telling me about it. And um and then I got there late to practice today, right toward the end, do some interviews. And and again I don't want to over dramatize, but Ramsey was being like talked to as he got but you could tell that he was not happy. Yeah. Like as he's coming off the field, helmet on still, not helmet in hand like sure. most. Yeah. So uh, it's it's pretty interesting to see him and uh, for three days essentially that secondary and Conley have been going back and forth, mm-hmm. and it is that time of camp. I mean, you're you're a couple weeks in, uh, y- you know, your midway point really between when you started this thing until you really the bullets fly in the regular season, and and it's hot as you know what, uh, so. I I guess I'm not surprised. And from what I'm taking away from the practices that I've been at is, especially with Conley, you know, they are throwing the deep ball a lot, and uh, he's getting a lot of those receptions. And in terms of that, anytime you kind of throw the deep ball into the mix, you know, guys get tangled up. Maybe there's some pass interference. Maybe the corner makes a great play, or maybe the receiver makes a great play. But it's usually those deep ball situations where you start to see a couple altercations or, you know, some pushing and and stuff like that just because, you know, a lot of things can happen during those whatever three or four seconds of of doing that route. Well, not only that, too, pride gets in the way. Oh, that's the biggest thing, right? Especially if it's a completion, especially with those two guys back there. Yeah. Have have you seen, I was going to ask this question yesterday, have you seen any fights at at a training camp? Like, you know, usually you'd see, like, someone report, oh, giant scrap today as, you know, two joint practices took place. I haven't seen one. That's a Not good call. one. We had uh, yesterday. There was a little bit of a skirmish for a second. Yeah, Rawls and the rookie. Yeah, uh, you know, and you were <laughs> even pointing out because you even asked. Yeah, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but uh, you know, there was a little, I guess, extra after the whistle. Cool. Raw, you know, Rawls being the the vet that he is, kind of put his his hand in the face mask of the rookie and just said, "Don't do that." His hand was in the face mask for about not exaggerating seven eight seconds, and. 
Just saying, I don't care if I'm a rookie. I don't care who I am. I don't care if it's Tom Brady grabbing my face mask telling me to you know go easy on the pass rush. If you grab my face mask for longer than a second, we're fighting. I don't care who you are. But uh, Rawls grabbed this guy's rookie, uh, the, grabbed this guy's face mask, and the kid just said okay, and that was it. But uh, I was surprised that the altercation didn't further on from there. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. And and it, I think you bring up a good point. I was thinking relative to the Jags, but really. I mean, we're not at every camp. I mean, no. how much does a little scuffle break out? I think there's been some, right? There's yeah, probably a little but bit usually of that, you but. see it like on Twitter or Facebook because team, like you know, people love reporting that yeah, kind of stuff. There hasn't been a. Oh, you're right. We do. Yeah. Don't knock. Oh, don't I, knock I'm you. The same Did way. you just go you people on the well, media? No, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Us people. <laughs> I'll just say. But how, how, Brent, I'm hoping for a fight, man. I want to go to our <laughs> studio and and I want to break down a fight. I want to have the footage up there. I want to say who won, who lost the fight, and all that stuff. So trust me, man. Every practice that I go to, I'm waiting on a fight. I, I'm almost instigating it a little bit. Actually, I'm like, this is the record for you. This is the most practices you've ever been to oh, hands without down. a fight. Hands down. You yeah. being in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hands down. And you almost got one yesterday <laughs> with Dayton Jones, Jones. man. Yeah, Dayton Jones uh, going through some of his MMA training a little bit on me. I'm like, hey, you can just tell me. You don't have to show me what you're going to do. But, yeah, we'll, we'll probably touch on that a little bit later today in the interview. Oh, it's coming uh, up. Yeah. yeah. Pretty uh, pretty good interview though. He was really cool, man. That's cool. I mean, yeah. the guy that I don't really know a lot about, we don't know a lot about. I think we a lot don't of even know don't. his role. I mean, yeah. you know, Doug Marone says he'll be a little more consistent at that position, but behind, you know, the depth, there's some depth play. We talked about the one Smoot, Dayton Jones, those kind of guys. Even at Dave and Brian, where do they uh, fit in the rotation? Yeah. Uh, in terms of making the team, and then how many snaps they might get in a football game. So we'll talk a little bit more about Dayton Jones. Nick, here it is again. Okay, Foles in playing Thursday night. Yes. And um, that was the feeling coming out. I think I told you that yesterday. His feeling coming out over the weekend. And Doug Barone's not taking any chances. His quote today, although I had it and now I can't find it, and we'll probably play it for you, is something to the effect of, I want to make sure all the offensive linemen are healthy uh, before we put it. There it is. That's where we are. If the third preseason game comes and someone doesn't play, it's probably on the verge of just being cautious. I'd like to get all of the offensive linemen back before I put Nick Foles back there. That makes sense to you guys, right? <laughs> the way that reads, it's like he was asking for the media's uh, permission. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't know how many starters will sit out. I think they're going to play this one a lot like they played the first game, though. I think they're going to be very cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, could they have more guys healthy? I and mean, we saw Rawls get back. We've seen Pryor back on the field. We've seen guys, Boye back on the field, though I don't think Boye will play in this game. So it, this gets odd now. This is a little different. Mm-hmm. You know, and on Thursday night, uh, Foles, Philly week, you still haven't seen the franchise QB, the starting QB out there. The only thing you get to take away is practice. Today was a bad day for the offense. He's still out there doing sprints after, and I think that's why you're seeing a little bit of this extra work from some of these guys. Calais Campbell was out there yeah, with Josh of, Allen. They're not getting those reps in the preseason games. Yeah, and I'm not, I mean, they're doing sprints, all right? I mean, Calais was working with Josh Allen. That might have been a little something different anyway. But after practice the last two days, Nick Foles was out there running wind sprints mm-hmm. in 100-degree heat. And that might just be some extra reps that keep him in condition because Thursday is going to be a lighter day. And, and that's what Marone's trying to get across. It's like we're trying to push these guys in practice during the week to equal the amount of reps that they would have had if it was a game week and they were playing, maybe lacked a, a, a little bit in practice, but they would have got them in the game. Yeah, and They're not the same. We all know that, right? I mean, Nick Foles said that yesterday. It's not the same. But uh, 
it's been a constant theme around here. This is so unique, man. This is so different. We do not see this. And you want to know where it's really unique? I think it three years ago. This was an organization when Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone walked in the door. I felt like we were even saying, wow, they're playing this much in the preseason. Wow, they're going live goal line. Leonard Fournette's going over the top in practice. Keep him on his feet. Mm-hmm. You know, we were doing those kind of – they were playing deeper into games, early on into games, getting reps in games. And I think everybody was like, oh, are they going a little crazy here? I mean, shouldn't they worry about injuries? Well, they didn't have any worry. They were getting them in game shape. Uh, and, and that, again, that pushed them to a limit where at times they didn't look good in that preseason, but then they looked good in the regular season. And here we are two years later, and this couldn't be any more opposite, and, this, and the script will write itself, you know, once the regular season plays out. We'll say, hey, that was a smart move, brilliant move, genius move by Marone. Even though it's not his style, he read the tea leaves the right way, and, and he kept everybody healthy. Maybe that's the way. If they fall flat on their face coming out of the gates, it is going to be all about why didn't they practice harder? Why didn't they play in preseason games? They have no rhythm. They have no continuity. They have no chemistry. It's a big chance, man. It's not the right – there's never a right way to do it. But when you go outside the norm, it's a big chance. Last week wasn't so far outside the norm. I think that's becoming the new trend in the NFL. Well, this week is outside the norm. Your starting quarterback usually plays in week two. And yeah. a lot of your starters usually play in week two, unless they're dinged up at all. And it really looks like that's not going to happen Thursday night. So from that perspective, there's also been implications that they will play the next preseason game in Miami, well, correct? They, and, yeah. and, that, and, and Doug Marone so said, it, yes, they'll play it, okay. that preseason game in Miami, yeah. that third preseason game, which is usually used as the most that starters yes. do play in a game to get in game shape. But that might be their only playing time yeah. this preseason for some, not all, for some. True. Well... I do like that from the standpoint of, you know, Foles. Okay, let's be honest here. In this preseason right now, Brent, I don't need to see the defense a lot. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to have the starting safeties out there a little bit just to get them some more reps, I'm all for that. If you want to kind of plug and play some weak side linebackers a little bit to just try to get, you know, who's going to get that starting spot, I'm all for that. But I don't need to see Jalen Ramsey. I don't need to see Boye. I don't need to see the, the starting, you know, front line of the Jacksonville Jaguars, except maybe Josh Allen a little bit, get him some more reps. Taven Bryan as a backup. But for the most part, I don't need to see the starters on defense. I need to see the starters on offense. It's a brand new offense coming through here. So when you look at, okay, they're not going to probably play against Philly so much. I mean, Foles is going to be out so much for that storyline. You know, put that storyline to bed. Fournette's probably going to be out. Uh, I'm sure their starting wide receivers are going to be out. That's the one thing that bugs me a little bit, though, is the wide receiver position. Because you have a guy like Gardner Minshew who, all things considered, is supposed to be your backup quarterback. But you're not giving him the proper tools, the proper things to succeed right now. You're not helping out his confidence when you throw up a bunch of backup wide receivers out there and expect them, hey, go go play against a pretty strong Philadelphia defense, uh, whether it's going to be their starters or their backups, doesn't matter, a pretty strong Philadelphia defense who gets after the quarterback. I mean, that's Jim Schwartz's M.O. But from the whole, I guess from the big picture, though, Brent, I would much rather see them play against Miami, the offense, that have him play against the Eagles, and here's why. Jim Schwartz's defense, while it is successful, he's had a lot of great, um, you know, he's, he's had a couple of great years there. It's an old school defense, and when he utilizes that wide nine defensive end, you don't see that a lot in the NFL anymore, especially in base packages. So from that perspective, you know, the Jaguars' offense going against the Eagles' defense, you're not going to see a lot of that this year. However, when they play the Dolphins 
and they have they're going against Patrick Graham's defense. Patrick Graham was a def- well, he was an assistant in Green Bay, but he spent some time with Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins now in New England. The only reason why Flores brought Graham there uh, to Miami is to run the New England defense, and he's even been uh, kind of quoted saying, "Listen." We could do a 3-4. We could do a 4-3. We could do a 1-10 as far as I care. Like, we're <laughs> going to have a lot of different looks. And that's an exact quote from him. So from that perspective, um, I want to see Foles. I want to see that starting offense get some looks against a defense that is going to be intriguing, a defense that's going to give a lot of uh, different kind of, you know, curveballs coming your way. Now, yeah, it's preseason. So who knows how much the Dolphins are going to throw at the Jaguars. But at the same time, it's a brand-new defense for the Dolphins. So one would think they're going to have some different fronts and everything like that. So I like that from the offensive perspective. Well, here's what Doug Marone is doing by really putting everybody in there on that that third game, and that most likely is it again. We don't know the whole list. We'll see the whole list as it gets closer to game time. But, and I don't think Doug Marone cares about this part. Mm -hmm. But there is going to be a temperature built off that one game. There's going to be a confidence or a gloom and doom off that one game. Mm -hmm. Off one quarter, one half. How does Nick Foles look? How does that offense look? I think there's going to be a feeling, and that feeling does infiltrate, okay, whether you like it or not. So now that game against Miami for a half of football or a quarter of football could become really important, at least from a a feel-like temperature. And I'm not talking 117 degrees of this football team going into the year. So he's putting a lot of eggs in that basket if he cares about that. I don't know if he does, but I do think that there's a little bit that matters there. Hey, when we come back, uh, more Jags talk right after this ESPN 690. I was in Jacksonville, Nick, for a couple weeks. Those three or four weeks I was with him, followed him around and listened to things he said and really took notes and paid attention to it. And But, yeah, I mean, he's been amazing. His faith and, and his relationship with the Lord is something that, you know, is inspiring to me, too, and, and talked me through that whole transition from Jacksonville, even before I knew I was coming here. You know, he was, he was kind of one of the first ones to call me um, that day that it happened, and then, you know, just kind of talked me through everything. And then when he found out I was coming here, obviously he was excited for me. So he's definitely someone, you know, I look up to, and I'm excited to see him. That's former Jags quarterback Cody Kessler talking about his relationship with Nick Foles short time here in Jacksonville. But then Kessler, of course, goes to uh, Philadelphia almost to take Foles' spot in, yeah. uh, in a somewhat backup role because now the injury to Sudfeld, too. Mm-hmm. Kessler becomes that guy, at least for the time being. And he'll be back in Jacksonville on Thursday night and probably see a lot of playing time for the Philadelphia Eagles. Brent Martin, former Jags player Austin Lane. Coos here on a Tuesday as well. Hope you're doing well. Uh, you know. It is amazing how much you hear about a guy. And you get to the point where especially the cynical fan is like, all right, great. He's a super nice guy. He's a good leader. Mm -hmm. Can we see him on the freaking field in a Jags uniform? (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. I get it. I get it. It feels like we're saying that a lot. Even from saying, I hesitate to even say the wind sprints after. I mean, I mean, should we be like praising a guy for taking wind sprints after? He's a professional football player. It's his craft. Hey, I stayed here till one o'clock last night. All right. I yeah. mean, should I get praise for that? I can no. if you want to. Okay. I mean, I can. I mean, but you know, it's just like it's their job. They're supposed exactly. to be as good as they can. He's supposed to be the leader. He's a quarterback of a football team. Yet, I think around here, some of that is still new to a lot of people, mm-hmm. and and I think we have to grasp that. It's a lot of what we did yesterday. Spent so the conversation on Nick Foles this week. I think you have to understand how beloved that guy is up in Philadelphia. And I think you have to also understand how different he is here in Jacksonville. Jacks have not had that kind of player, leader, whatever. There, that was my computer. Oh, I got you. Um, 
you know, what just the the makeup of a Nick Foles they have not had going all the way back to the early days of this franchise in the last three franchise quarterbacks, Blake Bortles, Blaine Gabbert, and even David. Again, I I hesitate sometimes to put Garrard in there because Garrard had some good moments. He mm-hmm. he earned himself an extension and a new contract. He brought this team to some pretty cool cool moments and and. Um, some excitement, but I still don't know if he was universally looked at at that that way. There was, you know, in the early years when I got here, and, and that was the middle of Garrard's tenure as a starter. That was a lot of back and forth, man. That was yeah. a lot of back and forth. Don't forget that. I mean, it was not that different than Blaine Gabbert and Blake Bortles and the the give and take. And this guy's not good. You know, there was that. Now. It's part of that position. I'm not saying Nick Foles will be void of that. People will criticize. He'll make mistakes. He won't always play well. But I just don't know if I've heard that position talked about the way it's being talked about right now around Nick Foles. And I also don't know if we fully know Nick Foles. You know, he's really done very little talking in front of a microphone. You know, he meets now once a week. I will give him credit. You know, he has basically turned down all one-on-one interviews, not just locally, but even nationally. You know, the national folks come in. You don't see Nick Foles sitting in a chair with, you know, Maurice Jones-Drew from the NFL Network or Brian McFadden yesterday with CBS Sport. You don't. Mm-hmm. And he has stayed true to that for now. I don't know when he'll kind of break that, but he wants to. He's all football and all focus. And so uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting deal so far with Foles. How it translates on the field is that final piece of the puzzle <laughs> that That's we can all figure part. out, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how that. Tra- There's been a lot of good guys, man, that have played football in the NFL locker room, and it doesn't always translate to great play. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. At the same time, though, if you're a Jaguars fan, you have to feel confident because it was the best option possible bringing Nick Foles here. There was the argument that maybe Dwayne Haskins would be the guy. Uh, we saw how Dwayne Haskins played his very first uh, preseason game, and I get it. First preseason game, don't take too much stock into it. But can you imagine right now if the Jaguars had Dwayne Haskins as their starting quarterback, just the turmoil that the team would be in right now, Brent? Could it you imagine? Feel like though, I will say this: he probably would have played in the first two preseason games, and that would make well, people either feel better or worse or whatever. Well, I'll tell you what: going eight for fourteen in your first preseason game for two interceptions doesn't give a lot of confidence to to the fan base, just to be honest. But uh, you know, with Foles, yeah, I mean, we can sit here and say he's a great guy, he's a great leader. Um, his track record, I mean, you know, it's it's impeccable. Super Bowl MVP, that's fantastic and everything. But you're on a new team now. You're you're in a new city. You have a new franchise to worry about. And I get that. Sometimes you have to go back to history to, to appreciate what you have. But this is a completely different team. Um, you know, we haven't really seen him on the field yet, Brent, in the game to really gauge how good he really is gonna be. And we're not gonna see him on the field until preseason, you know, week number three. And even then, it's going to be very vanilla. You're not going to see the full arsenal of John Filippo's offense. So really, it's going to be Kansas City week one in Jacksonville is when you get to see the debut of Nick Foles. And, man, you know, it's, it's, it's against a team in the Chiefs where they're high, you know, they're high scoring. And if it turns into a track meet, can Foles keep up? I mean, there's going to be a lot of intrigue going on in that week one game, Brent. Yeah, and listen, I don't know if my mind hasn't really changed or anything like that on Foles. I, I love the signing. I thought the 30-year-old part of this is really key here for me. The experience, the what he's been through on the football field, what he's accomplished, the respect in the locker room, what this franchise needs. And what I the way I characterize it is when Calais Campbell came in here, this team needed a big brother. They needed it. 
Mm-hmm. They were a bunch of alpha dogs on the defensive side of the ball, but they were young. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. And they saw this guy who had respect, who'd been in the league for a decade, and was a really good football player. And then he went out and performed by, what, four sacks in his opener. Yeah. So they needed that. They saw that. They could follow his lead. And I still think Calais is impactful. But now they get something out of a quarterback position, which, again, has not been around in a long, long time in Jacksonville, and especially with this cast of characters in the locker room. Mm-hmm. They have not experienced this, and so they are welcoming it, I think. I, again, it's it's more of a figurative type of thing than a literal. I don't think they're going up to his locker every day and, and you know, saying, oh, my gosh, can you tell me how to do my taxes and what should <laughs> I invest in there and, and the, you know, all these things. I just think they're just – there's a subconscious about it with foals around and in that locker room that should pay off. And to the point, man, where I think if the Jags go south this year, I don't think it's going to be Foles' fault. Mm. I really don't. I have a confidence that he's going to play adequate football, good enough football. Again, don't set your expectations. Don't tell me. I, I'm not telling you he's going to the Pro Bowl and being an all-pro. I don't mm. have those expectations for Nick Foles. I, I don't know if he's that kind of quarterback. Now, he might turn into that. He's a Super Bowl MVP, but he's still very much unproven in terms of being an elite player in the league from week one to week six, week 16. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think that. I just say he's not going to be a disaster at the position where it's going to cost you the season. I think he's going to win more games and help more games than lose more games and hurt you in the season. I think if they go south, I think a lot of it could be they can't protect him. Leonard Fournette's gone, doesn't survive the season. Their receivers are just really not as good as everybody's trying to make them out to be in training camp and everywhere else. I, I think it's more those kind of things. This defense flops and mm-hmm. and they get old quick or they, they come unglued or they get hurt. I just don't get the feeling it's going to be Nick Foles, which is a weird thing to say because at that quarterback position, usually you go how the QB goes. Well, let me ask you this, though. So, knock on wood here, let's say Leonard Fournette gets hurt, Brent. I mean, wouldn't it be Nick Foles' job to lead that team and to you know to, to kind of be the guy in Jacksonville and still lead him to victories? I mean, you look at what Foles had when he played in Philly – it was a turnstile at the running back position. So to say, well, Fournette, and listen, I think Fournette's probably the biggest part of the offense. I've been saying that the, the entire uh, time here. But if Fournette gets hurt, isn't it Foles' responsibility? Is, wasn't he brought here to kind of lead that team then? Yeah, and, and that's a great question, too, and a fair one. I think here's the difference. Blake Bortles, when put in that position, that's not who Blake Bortles was. That was an unfair ask to Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. You you got Blake Bortles to put everything around him. Mm-hmm. Blake Bortles, they didn't get Blake Bortles a running game early enough. They knew who he was. He wasn't going to elevate to that degree. Nick Foles, I think, you sign him to an $88 million deal. You bring him in here because he's proven he can elevate you. So if Fournette does go out for four games, he can carry you. You can throw it 45 times instead of 32 times. You throw it 45 times with Blake Bortles, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, That's a that's a recipe for disaster. It's not the way it was built. So once they asked Blake to do more than they said they were going to ask him to do because of injuries or whatever else, well, they were in trouble. And Blake was in trouble. And, and but that, that's not an excuse for Blake. I'm just saying we knew that's what it was. They knew that's what it was. They weren't saying, hey, I think this guy can be Aaron Rodgers. Never said that. Mm-hmm. But I think with Foles, you say, you know what? Week to week, that guy can perform like an Aaron Rodgers. Again, not every week. Yeah. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Don't get me wrong. But he can have a game like Aaron Rodgers and carry your ass all the way to a victory. Sure. You know, again, that quarterback has not been around here. True. It just yeah. hasn't been present in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's that's what I mean by that. You know, yeah. um, 
And that's not to say he's not going to have bad games, man. He might lose you a football no, game. He might you. make a stupid throw. Quarterbacks do it. Yeah. But I think more times than not this year, he's going to be even keel, pretty steady play. My curiosity is less about how much he fails as a QB. It's more, can he get to that next stage where he consistently is winning your football games because he is now maybe a borderline elite yeah. quarterback. And see, and maybe I have to take a self, uh, I have to take a look in the mirror at myself here because I feel like if Leonard Fournette gets hurt, that offense just goes downhill, you know? And so what is that saying about me and my confidence in Nick Foles where I, if I think if Leonard Fournette's out for, you know, for an extended period of time, well, that offense is going to be, you know, bottom of the league again. So it's hey, interesting. Foles to Conley. It's happened a lot. Yeah. I want to talk Chris Conley when we come back on ESPN 690. Hopefully I'll be able to communicate some things clearer or clearly in kind of what the thought process was. You know, first of all, we have, we've had a really good past couple of days. It's been really hot, and we've been able to get our full full work in with not much cramping. You know, obviously very important because, you know, where we play and what time we're playing. You know, that's a credit to the players acclimating, you know, to the heat. Heat's a factor. Mm-hmm. Modern-day medicine. Modern-day analytics. Modern-day science. I think the Jags have done a pretty good job of that. I just think all these other things are somewhat normal. I know the high volume, but I think a lot of the injuries are normal injuries. It's football, man. And uh, you just keep your fingers crossed. So uh, Doug Marone has had an interesting week. It's It's been an int- just a strange week. Some of it's like, okay, it's camp. And other it's like, it's been strange. It's just been a strange week from the just the debacle on Thursday night. Because a preseason game, whatever, but at the same time, it was ugly, man. It was a bad game. I mean, there's not many games you go to and you can't even find a highlight. Thanks yeah. for Tay Hayes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, outside of Tay Hayes, the other highlight of the game got called back. It was Keelan Cole. That was yeah. it. That was it. There was True. nothing. Yeah. There was not a highlight. Like, it, in my business, we do highlights. Yeah. On Thursday night, we made stuff up. <laughs> There's a difference yeah. and a distinct one. Yeah. And then you get to the, the, the what was us on Saturday morning and now uh, the Cam Robinson story and the video coming out and guys are getting cranky and it's hot as heck. Uh, and now nobody's playing most likely again on Thursday. Just interesting. Inter- and I don't characterize that as bad, by the way. I don't, I don't think it sets a, t- it's a weird tone. I will, I will admit to it's, it's a weird vibe right now, a different vibe than the first two weeks. But I also don't have this feeling around me that it's like, oh, my, uh-oh. And I will be honest with you, at the end of camp, Doug Marone's first year, I was like, holy bleep, they are going to win two games. That's what I said at the end of camp. I was yeah. like, I can't believe they are going to win two games. They have all this talent. They make this change. They get all this stuff, and they're going to win two games. I mean, it felt like a disaster mm-hmm. coming out of camp. It really did. I don't, I'm not there yet. I don't feel like that. I just feel like this has been a little odd week, odd few days. And, and you know, with a good performance by some of the backups, a good performance by a Josh Allen if he plays, or a, or a Taven Bryan with a couple of splash plays, or, you know, you name it. Mm-hmm. I think it changes just like that. Can they look good in the first quarter, second quarter? You get a little better feel. But right now, if we're being honest, it didn't feel good this week around the Jags football team, I don't think. Yeah, and listen, and I talked about this with Dayton Jones a little bit too as well, where, yeah, it's a preseason game, but getting beat 29 to nothing, I don't care if it's a preseason game, I don't care if it's Madden, it doesn't matter what you're playing, when you get beat that bad, it's going to stick with you. 
And I think what you're seeing this week at practice is, you know, Marone turning it up a little bit now and players starting to feel that heat because, yeah, I get it. Your twos and threes played against some ones for, for half the game, but guess what? That doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, you get beat, you get beat. When you go back and, you know, in the, in the annals of history, you're going to be like, well, Jacksonville got stomped by Baltimore. No one's going to go, yeah, but Baltimore played all their ones for a little bit. No, it's, you got beat 29 nothing, and it is what it is. So I think a lot of players kind of, you know, got their eyes woken up a little bit and were just like, we got to step it up. And whether that's, you know, increasing the intensity at practice, whether that's just, you know, getting guys ready, not making so many mental mistakes, whatever it is, but... There's got to be an accountability aspect going into this game on Thursday because this is your first time playing in front of your home fans now, and I get it. Your ones probably aren't going to play, but you still want to get a put. You still want to put a good product on the field. Let's just hope nobody's looking in the annals to see how Jags did in the preseasons. <laughs> well, no, one's probably looking to see how good the Ravens did either. Thirteen games 14, in a row, 14, in a row. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's uh, it is a little crazy. All right, hey, I want to talk uh, Chris Conley for a moment. Because mm-hmm. this is a guy, it, I started the show and tell, told everybody, Conley's been mixing it up. Now backing down with Jalen Ramsey, war of words, uh, out on the field, uh, even Sunday. I think he leaked in a little bit Monday. And then today, a little bit with A.J. Boye. And I, I don't want to over-dramatize, okay? This is competitive stuff. There's no difference if you and I go play hoops, probably, and we start jawing at each other, <laughs> and we go have a, have a beverage later at night. All yeah, right? So yeah. let's not over-dramatize this stuff, mm-hmm. at least that we know of. Uh, this isn't what last year was with the Fowler and Gakwe situation, how all that kind of unraveled. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, I think, O'Shaughnessy was involved in that one, too. So, again, I don't want to mischaracterize, but I do think it's interesting. Conley's mixing it up with, with two of the best in the NFL yeah. at the secondary position. And it's not like Chris Conley's A.J. Green or Julio Jones or, or Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't have that resume. And... uh but I think it's good, right? I mean, I think it's kind of good because there's a little swagger there. I'm not sure the the young pups, if they don't mind me saying, on that offense, the DJ Charks of the world, even D.D. Westbrook, have enough to feel like they have enough clout or whatever else to be able to do that to some of those guys. Yeah. Now, they might anyway. But I think Conley's been around the block a little bit. He's having a nice camp. He has a connection with Foles. And I think he might even recognize, you know what? That defense has some swagger to it. We need some on this side of the ball. In fact, John Filippo said it. He said, we need to have a swagger to us. Mm-hmm. And that is something that has lacked for the most part around here for a long, long time. Chris Conley, can he have a breakout season? He's having a nice camp. Don't always equate camps to success in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I'm not dumb enough to do it, and you shouldn't be either. Okay, we've all seen it. Bad camps have equaled great seasons. Great camps have equaled where did you go. Yeah. Uh, that certainly can happen. But he's having a nice camp, and he's caught my eye and a lot of deep balls. And we know there's a relationship between QB and receiver with uh, Foles and Conley. His best season with Kansas City, he had 44 catches, 530 yards. He's played in the league for four years, 17 catches, 44 catches, 11 catches, 32. Now, he only played five games in 2017, so uh, that's why the numbers were so far down. His rookie year, he only started five. He's only targeted 31 times, so it was kind of an afterthought. But then he became a pretty good target in 2016. And uh, last year, I don't think he got forgotten about. They just had so many dang weapons in Kansas City. There was only so many footballs to throw. He's got lost in the shuffle a little bit. But when his name was called, Brent, when they had injuries, uh, you know, I think it was Watkins that went down for a little bit, and he yeah. came in. Uh, 
Conley shined a little bit. And he had five touchdowns. Yeah. And he also became a money guy, at least in those situations, even though I am a little convinced not to take this away from you, Chris, that I could have caught a touchdown from Patrick Mahomes last year. It felt like. <laughs> I mean, I'm about five. But I feel yeah. like I could have caught one. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, it was that special of a year for uh, for Mahomes in the offense. So yeah. here's a question, man. Does does he become that guy? I think they signed this guy as someone reliable. I told you the story before. I think Nick Foles actually went into those guys and said, hey, go get this guy. He's good. I trust him. He's reliable. Uh, I don't think he oversold it. I, I mean, I don't know the conversation. I just believe that's how it went down. I believe it was like, hey, we need some, we need some veteran presence. Mm-hmm. We need someone that we can trust on here. Uh, this guy's good. Now, that doesn't mean, hey, he's so good he's going to be a number one receiver. He's so good he's mm-hmm. going to be an elite number two receiver. I don't think so. But can he be? And I don't know if he can be number one, but can he creep up from what is – he's been labeled as a third wide receiver. Can he move up to be a pretty darn good number two? And even on this football team that doesn't have a true number one, can he become the go-to guy in this offense for Foles this year? So the most important thing um, out of your thesis right there was the fact that him and Foles had this chemistry together. They were in Kansas City um, for a little bit. Uh, they know each other, and you saw that right away even when OTA started up. You know, it seems like Foles likes to go Conley's way, especially when he's throwing the deep ball. Now, usually in a game, and, you know, every quarterback's got that one player where they depend on a little more when the game's on the line or when it's third and long, when the the pocket's breaking down. You have that one guy that you would like to throw to and be like, here, go get it. You know, Allen Robinson a couple years ago was that guy. Now, was that more of just Bortles kind of just throwing it up and praying, or was it more of, you know, them having a chemistry? Uh, I think it's up for debate, but it's not important. But usually that guy is going to be the one receiver. You know, like when it was Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh when they're on good terms or when it was uh, Julio Jones in Atlanta. You know, like usually there's that one receiver that the quarterback can rely on when it's third and, you know, five or longer to get you the first down. Well, you look at Jacksonville right now, and you don't really see the one receiver yet. Is it Didi? Is it DJ Chark? Is it Conley? Like the, the 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 one receiver has not yet presented itself. But the thing that Conley has going over every other receiver in that Jacksonville locker room right now is the fact that he knows Foles, and Foles seems to trust him. Especially when, like we said, when we're watching team periods, and maybe it's like a third and five, third and six, he seems to go Conley's way. And if you have the quarterback's trust like that, um, you may not have to be the the most athletic receiver. You may not have to be the the fastest, the tallest, doesn't matter. If you have the QB's trust, you're going to put up numbers hands down. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Here's the number. I don't, I'm not very, I'm not a guy that says, okay, he's going to have uh, 75 catches and 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. I don't know. Sign me up for it, but I don't know. Yeah. But I do think what's interesting is, is perhaps his yards per catch. In his career, they've been 11.7, 12, 15.9, and that was when he only caught like 11 balls. That's a little skewed. And 10.4. So he's roughly been around 10 to 12. like that. Not bad. Yeah. I actually think that number could go up here. Mm -hmm. And now, again, I I am being persuaded in the moment of, of a training camp where I've seen him go deep quite a bit. And yeah. and I think they're going to let the ball fly more with mm-hmm. Nick Foles. I think they want to do that. I think the De Filippo wants to do that. They are going to give these guys a chance to make plays. So of all the numbers that do go up, I think he will have a career year. I really do. I think he will have more receptions than he ever had. That's mm-hmm. 44. I think that's doable. 530 yards, I think he'll have more of it. I think he'll have better yards per reception. And then the touchdowns is interesting. He had five touchdowns last year. I mean, sign me up for five touchdowns again, but like, I, you'd yeah. like to get closer to 10 if you can. Yeah. But I think they'll spread the ball around. We're f- maybe getting more than five touchdowns. 
you know, touchdowns can be weird, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can catch 15 balls and have five touchdowns. You can catch 65 and have five touchdowns. Sure. So, uh, again, uh, I, I think he is ready to have a breakout season in the NFL. I don't think he's been used wrong or anything like that. I just think he's been overshadowed. And I really like the way Chris Conley has held himself, how he's practicing, how he adds a little bit of a swagger to this team. And much like all the things we're saying about Foles and other guys, we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. You know, can he translate what he's doing from the field, that connection to under the lights in a real game? We might get a glimpse next week in Miami. And, uh, you know, we might, but then we got to wait probably until uh, Kansas City. And that game against Kansas City, you'd think two guys. Oh, yeah. You think of two guys that really might have a little chip? Mm-hmm. That's the game, right? Absolutely. And another thing we got to keep in mind, too, is with, with Chris Conley, you know, the way this wide receiver group is shaking out right now with DJ Chark and D.D. Westbrook probably being the one, two, and three uh, with Chris Conley, I mean, you have three guys right there where you may not see a game record, but they can all beat you. You know, I think right now what we've seen so far in the preseason, I will see in the regular season. But if you're a defensive coordinator, you kind of have to plan to stop all three of those guys. And a lot of teams in the NFL can't really say that right now. Antonio Brown, more football talk with the Jags. Tigers going to give it a go this week. Hello, balling and falling. Coming up on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. A little balling and falling as we approach the 4 o'clock hour. Dayton Jones, if you haven't seen that interview on Facebook or YouTube, we're going to play it for you. We didn't get to it yesterday. Uh, Austin Lane, uh, his undefeated streak is, is over. He lost in, a, in an MMA fight on the practice field to Dayton Jones. <laughs> That's how we're going to set that up. Appreciate yeah. it. Well, maybe you'd like to come in here and do the show, then you'd be like that, Brent. <laughs> that's, that's how you're going to do me today. You said he's a good guy, so we'll see. He's uh, a solid dude. Hey, Coos, get ready for a little. Uh, don't do it right now, but I, I didn't tell you this in the break, but we're going to do a little balling and falling, and mine is going to have to do with a little baseball. So that baseball clip. Um, sorry, I didn't relay that to you in the break. I we're talking baseball. Yep, baseball, man. Go ahead and go to the baseball audio clip that like, we have that? saved up. I'm it's taking hard, blame. It's not isn't, on isn't it hard, though? I'm I taking mean, blame. I, I should have said it in the break. Yeah, but and then I thought of it at last second. Like, let's be honest. I know we're covering preseason football right now, but this isn't the preseason for us, Brent. No, no, Th- this isn't our first this rodeo. Is go here. time, man. This is yeah. Th- this is go time. This is almost playoff radio now, and we're, <laughs> we're and, and, and playoff radio, <laughs> and we're having problems with like space balls or something on, on the. What did you say? I thought he said space ball. I was like, does he want the space ball like clip from the movie? Yeah, from the movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hey, other stations in town, you better up your game. We're in the postseason of radio. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I mean, the football season is probably the biggest part, right, Brent, of, of, of the sports radio here. So we're easing up to it. We're in the playoffs right now, trying to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and you keep having space ball references. We're not going to go. Uh, not my balling, but Tiger Woods uh, has made it to the BMW, and he's going to play uh, Medina, or at least give it a go. So uh, has a chance to. It would be nice if Tiger plays well this week and gets back to the tour championship where kind of that was the coming out party, you know, that yeah. scene last year where he won his first event in forever. So it'd be cool if he's able to do that at least. I, I mean, I don't have high expectations, but he doesn't have to do much to get to the top 30 and make it to the tour championship. So hopefully his back holds up. Uh, that's not my ball. And what's yours? My ball in uh, Manchester City's Raheem Sterling is compliment or is contemplating a contract with Air Jordan worth $120 million. To put it in perspective, supposedly now, this is supposedly, according to Sports Illustrated, Zion's contract is worth about $75 million wow. over five years. So um, you can almost say it doubles it. And you know what, Brent? In, in the world of 
Umbro and Mizuno in terms of soccer, how can you not rock the Air Jordan and add a little swag to the game? Just saying. <laughs> but no, I'm not sure if Air Jordan makes good soccer. Is it soccer cleats or soccer spikes? What do they call soccer? Uh, do, you, do you want me to Google that? That's a good call. Sorry, we're not we're not much of a soccer show, I guess. I would say either. Okay, oh, either. Yeah. So, um, yeah, ho- hopefully we'll Air check Jordan. with Andy Loosemore. There we go. Ho- hopefully Air Jordan can make some good soccer cleats or soccer spikes. And it won't be like when Under Armour first started making their cleats. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Ballin. I got that. Yeah. Uh, Ballin <laughs> and uh, not a space ball reference instead of baseball <laughs> reference. Here's Gary Thor, not Gary Thorne last night. <laughs> oh, way back left field. you got to be kidding me. Goodbye, home run. Well, how he keeps I swear to the face. Lord, you got to put four fingers up when Torres comes to the plate. Because when he comes around third, it's too late. Uh, that's Gary Thorne. By the way, that's a Baltimore call Yeah. against the Yankees last night. And Glaber Torres is just lighting up the Orioles. And he says, how about walking this guy? Yeah. In 16 games this year, he's hit half the home runs he's hit this season. And 13, he's got 26. Yeah. And 13 have come against the Orioles. He's hitting like 414. And this is just my daily shot at the Yankees a little bit. But <laughs> Still in first congratu- place in division, by the way. Congratulations, Glaber. You'd be really good in the minor leagues. <laughs> because the Baltimore Orioles are a minor league baseball team. <laughs> They are. Uh, I mean, the stat yeah, padding. Good. In a, no, listen, it's unbelievable. The guy's, a, the guy's been great. But, yeah. And he had another great day yesterday in a doubleheader. Yeah. But seriously, the Orioles and the Tigers, like, if you go one for three against the Orioles and Tigers this year. Shame on you. You feel like, you know, it's that, it's that game that you played, like, I always used to hate this. You play that game and you beat a team like 22 to three. Sure. Everybody's got three or four hits, and you went 0 for 3. <laughs> and it's like, how the heck did that happen? Like, yeah. everybody, and, and, and like everybody like really got a hit off this guy. You feel like you didn't really win. You did. Yeah. yeah. yeah you like feel it, awful. If, like, you're, if you're in Little League, you're at Dairy Queen, and everyone's enjoying themselves. You're just like, uh, that's right. I want to eat my ice cream. You beat the heck out you of the team. sprinkles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you beat the heck out of the team, Yeah. and you feel terrible Yeah. because you didn't even get a hit. But that's the way the Orioles and the and the Tigers are. I mean, yeah. it's, seriously, it's unbelievable how bad they are. Sure. Uh, but again, my balling is that was a sideways compliment yeah. <laughs> to a Yankees player. Yep. <laughs> He's a good one too. Uh, uh, my phone real quick. So Brent, Monday morning, I wake up, go on Twitter, see my my daily news, and I see the headlines: Giant WNBA brawl, six players ejected. Oh. And I'm like. Oh, I gotta check out this video. I can't wait to see this gruesome footage. And spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! This was like a brawl, like Lenny D- Lenny Dykstra taking on the bagel guys, like a legit fight. It was an absolute joke. Brittany Griner w- went after Christine Anigawe, and Anigawe basically elbowed Griner in the post. Um, she wanted nothing to do after that, and literally backpedaled like Jalen Ramsey in a cover three and got out of there. There was really no fight. There was no brawl. Six players got ejected really for nothing. And now Griner's been on record saying, and her suspension just came out. Uh, she said in three games, but she said if, if, her, if her suspension doesn't meet like what she thinks it should be, uh, she will decide to retire from the WNBA. Wow. Because she doesn't agree with how everything went down. Is there like a player empowerment movement going on? I All like it. All these threats from I players. Like yeah. There, there's also a co-host empowerment movement going on. 
Be on the lookout for that. I need a producer one. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta earn it first. Easy space balls. <laughs> My fallen plus Antonio Brown plus your interview with Dayton Jones next on ESPN six ninety. All right, I don't know if we should believe him because it's Jim Irsay, <laughs> but. My fallen is Andrew Luck. Yeah. And apparently, the owner, Jim Irsay, says the reason he's missing camp, it's related to a bone issue in his lower left leg. Yeah. Now, that's different than a calf injury, which is how this has been portrayed. That is correct. And now there's been all sorts of, hey, it's a calf injury. Remember what happened with Kevin Durant? I think it's a bit of a stretch. All of a sudden, now Kevin Durant's going to become the look what can happen if you have a sore calf. I'll be careful to do calf raises tomorrow <laughs> at the gym. Uh, but the bone thing is interesting. You know, that's well, different. And and like even Ursay did bring up the uh, the Durant thing. Um, he said it's a bone. You know I'm not good at these things. It's a small little bone. He so, said it's in another area than the, the Achilles. Hey, so, Jim Ursay. If you're not good at these things, then why are we talking about them? I'm you're a little the surprised they were talking. You're, you're not an athletic trainer. Like, could you imagine Shad Khan going on, coming on the show here, talking about Josh Oliver's hamstring? He's welcome. I mean, he's more than welcome, Mr. Mr. Khan. Anytime you want, more you're more than welcome, sir. But uh, but could you imagine like your owner going on a sports radio talk show and discussing hey, vital information like that? You're the owner. You can do whatever you want. I guess. I guess. Uh, but anyway, bigger story. Whatever yeah. he has, does this. You know, Luck went and missed basically two years. He was mm-hmm. phenomenal last year. Phenomenal. That was a great year for the Colts on so many levels. Now, I have been of the theory that I think the Colts are going to come back to earth a bit. Um, I, I think they had a lot of things go their right way last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they're not good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that was a fraud. But I'm, they seem to be the sexy pick this year. They of seem NFL. to be. You know, mm-hmm. and, and listen, if Luck's a very good quarterback, and he's hands down at this stage the best quarterback in the AFC South, and they have talent. They have a young talent. They really do. And they've got a lot of money to spend if they want to do that as well. And, and that was really the criticism. Maybe they didn't spend enough of it mm-hmm. this offseason. But I just feel like overall Indianapolis, this, the way the NFL seems to work, I don't think they're going to have like this this disappointing season like the Jags had last year. But I do think they are going to have some injuries. They are going to have some things that didn't go their way. It's just the nature of the beast in professional sports in the NFL. And now you throw in the luck curiosity. Now, he doesn't need a preseason. He's fine. But if this does become a nagging thing, if the bone the bone thing sounds like it would be bigger than a calf injury, yeah. That you're just that's a soft tissue injury. I mean, you can play on a calf injury most likely if you're a quarterback. Now, I'm just yeah, I'm just super confused. I mean, listen, there's because Lux himself has said it's been a, a calf injury, and now the owners come out and said he's no, it's actually a bone injury. I mean, those are two you different things. You don't have things. a bone in your calf, do you? Yeah, no, those are two <laughs> different things. So like, I don't know what's going on with it. But at the end of the day, Brent, there's no timetable for when Andrew Lux is going to return. You know, they don't know right now if he's even going to be good to go for the first game of the season. I mean, there's some speculation there. But are we in agreement that as the Colts go, as Andrew Luck goes? Oh, that's as talented as they down. might be. Yeah. It's as simple as that, right? Yeah, I'm not even sure who the Colts' backup quarterback is right now. Is it still, still Jacoby percent, percent? Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. But so, I mean, I think it, if that's the case, and I think a lot of people believe that, then this injury is something that, that really will play out and be worth watching yeah. over the next. Uh, a uh, couple of weeks, so mm-hmm. definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, do you have the uh, air shut 
whatever. I didn't swear, by the way. No, I, was no, not, you didn't. I saw everybody peek up right there. I did not say I, what. You don't have to hit the drop button. Good thing because Cruz isn't even here. Of course right not. Now. Yeah. Um, swear away and see what happens. But I saw you looking at your helmet because <laughs> it looked like Antonio Brown was offering up a free helmet if somebody could find his old one. What a time to be alive, 2019. And the star wide receiver is going on Twitter asking anybody if they have the air shut helmet. Uh, large edition, I guess it is. I, I, unfortunately, I wear an extra large Brent, so my big mug wouldn't fit his head anyway, so it's, it is what it is. But uh, he's offering to trade a practice-worn Raiders helmet, very high commodity, uh, for the air shut helmet. And unfortunately, I use Rydell, I believe it was called. It's uh, funny, I don't know the name of helmets. Riddell, Riddell. I think it's Riddell. Yeah, Riddell, yeah. You know, every yeah, time I you, use Riddell. It, it's one of those deals where, like, you know the name, but now you've heard it both ways so many times, now yeah. I don't know the I'm name. I'm going to be honest, and the mean this is kind of come across, like, the wrong way. To me, growing up, Riddell helmets were the helmets to wear, okay? They were like the Cadillacs. They were like the, the like the... Uh, they're like the Cadillacs of of, of helmet wearing. Uh, the shuts were reserved for the kids that, you know, like the schools that couldn't afford a lot of money. The, the schools that weren't getting boosters to help fund for the football helmets, you. okay? So the, the hand-me-downs, basically. Shut is like the, I don't know, do I dare say like the Ford Taurus of, of football helmets? Like, it's, uh, it's, it is what it is. It is but, Austin Lane's comments, but Ford, if you want to come on and sponsor the show, oh, Ford, I'll certainly For endorse. sure, man. Like, you know, Mustangs, whatever else you guys are making these days. Ford Raptors, those trucks, those are, those are badass. But uh, as far as the Ford Taurus is concerned, I rode around one of those a lot with my grandma growing up. And, hey, I'm going to be honest, didn't knock your socks off. So, yeah, long story short, the shots are like the Ford Tauruses. <laughs> I don't know if Ford's excited about now you endorsing their product or uh, not. They don't even make the Ford Tauruses. <laughs> Out of curiosity, the Ford Taurus is no more. What would the Rydell be then compared to the Ford Taurus then? Oh, dude, the Rydell, like I said, it's like the it's like the Mercedes. Oh, man, okay. luxury. All right, luxury. Yes, and class. Yeah, that gets <laughs> that gets in a car accident every thirty seconds. <laughs> Not exactly. the Mercedes, but the helmet. No, I'm gonna say Mercedes. They're all got airbags. They're all good. They're, they're all protect you. <laughs> oh, we're, we're getting ourselves. We're never getting a car sponsor. <laughs> If there's any Ford Taurus dealerships still around, yeah, we're in trouble. Hey, uh, let's welcome in John Bachman, <laughs> CBS 47, Fox 30 TV timeout. Uh, hey, everybody. What's happening, man? What hey, we got? happy National Left-Handers Day today, Brent. Oh, buddy. Oh, man. Happy National Left-Handers Day. I don't I, like these I, national I'm, days. I'm only 50% in that club because I, just so you know, I write right-handed. I golf right-handed, but I play baseball left-handed. Yeah, that is Dang. odd. Mm-hmm. And that's an odd combo. I, I'm an odd bird. You, yes, that is true. So, John, um, have you ever played hockey before? I play hockey left-handed. You, so do I. See, I Boom. go up right-handed and I play hockey left-handed. That's backwards because you yeah. really should be doing the same, right? Yeah, because exactly. it's the same basic, which is why I'm, I'm a mediocre you, hockey player and a mediocre golfer. <laughs> <laughs> last time out, you shot 73, I heard. Uh, that's true, but that's not the last time out. Last the last time, time out, I shot 86. <laughs> <laughs> the time before that, I shot 73. <laughs> what you got tonight? Well, the besi- ball's back. Duval's back. Duval. Nicely done. Clay's back. All right. Everybody's back. You talk about school, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clay went back <laughs> did, today. Did Duval go back yesterday? Monday, yeah. Oh, they did too? Yeah, yeah. I was they thinking did. they everybody, were going back Almost everybody went back yesterday. Clay was today. Oh, okay. Uh, and we have, so we're covering that, of course. Um, we have uh, kind of, do you remember in April when the car crashed into the Metro Diner? I do remember I that. I do, yeah. It was crazy, it right? Was, and they yes. had to shut it down for a while. Thank Goodness, nobody was in the restaurant at that time because it happened late at night, I believe. Anyway, nobody was hurt. A car crashed 
at the Metro Diner again. Same one? Same Same one. one. Now, when they rebuilt it, they were smart. They put in these concrete barriers. That car hit those concrete barriers. Oh. So smart. We're looking at exactly. Uh, well, you'll, you'll is see. Is that a dangerous piece? I'm, I'm, it's an point. intersection, and, I, yeah. and th- this car was. Where's the location for this one? It's over. Um, Hendrix, right? It's Hendrix. Yes, is that right? Yes, Hendrix. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, right. And it's and I forget the cross street, but there's an intersection there, which apparently is pretty notorious because uh, this is the second time now a car's gone. Anyway, this wow. the, today apparently the driver was was cut off. I don't know. It doesn't sound like it was necessarily this driver's fault, but mm-hmm. anyway, we look at that. And uh, you'll see the video on Action News Jackson 5, which, by the way, again, is on both CBS 47 and Fox 30 for the time being. Um, so you'll see that video. By the way, we had a lot of viewers find us on Fox 30 last night. Nice. nice. Looked at the numbers like today. That. It was incredible. Good. So that that's great. We hope you'll continue to do that. But anyway, um, so, yeah, you'll see the video. You'll see just how close this thing was. I to be on. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly the fact that we had Brent Marno anywhere near us was fantastic. Yes. Look at this guy. All right, so that so that so we're looking at that. There's a whole bunch of other stuff going on. But, and, of course, the heat advisory today. Burrish will be running down the numbers. It feels like 4 million degrees out there. It's toasty. It's like five or six days of it really it's is It's been now. so yeah. hot. It was hot. It's so hot Again. out there. Dangerous in, in, in a lot of ways, but uh, especially for the kids riding home on the school buses. Oh, oh. Hope wow. the air condition is working at well, all schools. Well, some of them will have them, some of them don't. You know, we just did a story. St. John's County is working Man. to get all their buses air conditioned, but a lot of them still aren't yet. So they're coming home. Those kids are just red faced. Better uh, take an Uber. Remind Man, me when we go to uh, an Uber. Says the Uber guy. Yeah. When yeah. we go to a break, <laughs> I'm not making um, dinner. <laughs> when, when we go to Mama a break, I got to uh, let you know that I might have a story for you down St. John's County. Although I think you've already done it before. Okay. But so this is something we'll talk about off air here. Yeah, we'll talk off just in case you're okay. Did it. All right. Good. Uh, uh, so anyway, right. I'm just contributing to the newsroom. Sure, we appreciate uh, can that. Can you find out from Borish, by the way, the weather forecast on Thursday? We're going to we do know, our show. We know. I can tell you. You're talking about Jags the Jags game. Here's what it's going to be. I can tell you because we've been talking about this for a while now. In fact, thanks for watching his news, his weathercast last night because he talked about it last night. Yeah, I didn't. He gave you the first alert last <laughs> night on it. I was there, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, thanks a lot. We, I won't tell <laughs> I Mike. Was using the app. So. Anywho, here's the deal. We're going to get rain Thursday, quite a bit of rain, and it's going to be real close, particularly for anybody who shows up early to tailgate which of course is pre-game mm. or do a radio thursday show. night or yep. do a radio show you're going to be uh there will be rain and potentially lightning so you'll have to make backup arrangements especially if you're, you're planning putting us at risk here brent i've I'm, done it before okay. i'm not telling you i'm not i don't know i don't know what the arrangements are but i'm telling you that rain and lightning could be an issue leading up to the game at this point mike thinks it's going to be moving out before it's seven o'clock. Seven o'clock kickoff. Seven o'clock kickoff. So he thinks that the kickoff could be okay. Might be a little iffy there at the beginning. Steamy. It's gonna so. be a three o'clock show though, Brent. So let's remember here. We'll we'll, we'll okay. get it. We'll okay. figure it out. You uh, guys can go inside, can't you? I mean, you can do it from inside the stadium if <laughs> you had to. We'll find a spot. Yeah. Okay. I will tell you. you might, quick just, little story. just drop Brent's name in there. You'll be fine. Okay. Quick little story. <laughs> you know that. the south end zone. You know now they've built right behind the end zone. They've now built a little fan area. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they they kind of carved out. Are you, you talking stands? about in the stadium or underneath the stands, like where they have the that that beer area? Yeah, like yeah. that, right behind the end zone, like field level. Yeah, right. Yeah. Used to, it used to be filled in. It used to be an old like uh, the stadium used to extend all the way through there. Yeah, and then they had uh, like a utility closet. Okay, back there, yeah. kind of in the where they kept a lot of the things that they needed to get to on game day or whatever. And so one year it was, I think, against Tampa. We we're doing preseason, and it was like. A deluge. I mean, it was just unbelievable. The rain. So the rain gets post. The uh, game gets uh, not postponed, but uh, pushed back a little yeah. bit, delayed. 
And so we're kind of talking through it all. This was before we had a lot of contingency plans. Um, <laughs> and so I'm basically just talking and talking and talking. But it's thunder. It's lightning out. It's pouring out. So I'm in this closet. That's where I did the stuff from. That thing would fill up with water. I'm telling you, I did a live shot in there. This could not have been safe. I did a live shot in there, and there's wires on the ground, and there was like three feet of water. Wow. It was not yeah, smart. Yeah, it's going to be a no for no. me, Brent. It was not right smart. Now. So we yeah. won't do that Thursday. Good, because I'm not going to do it regardless. But things have, have changed show. over the years. We yeah. have better backup plans. Okay, cool. Um, and, and they don't have flooded closets anymore down at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Good but I think, I think the statute of limitations has run out for any OSHA issues, I think, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They've changed it. they fixed it. They're up to code now. It's not, All right. That's good. It was, it was a bad decision on my part. They're yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Five o'clock, CBS 47 and Fox 30. And uh, for you Dish Network viewers, that's right. check that's out right. five o'clock on Fox 30. That's right. Because uh, for CBS the time 47 being. is not being uh, allowed on Dish right now. All right. Very good. John Bachman. Okay. We'll see you tonight, man. Thanks, guys. Good to see you, man. All right. Tay, when we come back, uh, your interview with Dayton Jones. Martin Buckley stops by from Palm Beach Autographs. And uh, where to find Percy Harvin this weekend. Okay. And news out about Percy Harvin as well. Cool. And also, Billy Horschel. And some uh, other Gators you might know. Also, my apologies to all the Ford dealerships out there coming up. Oh, no. We love you. Okay. Not you. I, we love the Ford. Oh, that's what I'm saying. My apology to them. Yeah. Never mind. I don't no apologies apologize. Needed. I mean, no apologies needed. I think you just okay. gave him a lot of love. Okay. Cool. All, all right. good. Next on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Been wanting for like the last day and a half to play this interview. Dayton Jones and Austin Lane. Mm -hmm. What you won't be able to see is some MMA moves put on Austin Lane. Yeah. When somebody does this, does it kind of get your juices flowing and you start being defensive a little bit and want to just, like, yeah, punch I mean, somebody? Once you, once you listen to that interview here on ESPN 690, go watch the video on YouTube and see uh, how I responded to having some of those moves under me. I almost kind of perked up a little bit, but then I remembered I had to be professional, Brent. I'm representing the ESPN 690 brand. I have to keep my composure and continue with the interview. We wish you would uh, remember that more often, but <laughs> at least you did in this one instance. I'm only human. True. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Austin Lane catching up with... Uh, Jaguars defensive lineman Dayton Jones. Joined by a guy going on his seventh year here, Dayton Jones. Dayton, how we doing, man? Oh man, I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. Uh, thanks for actually, thanks for taking this time to interview me. And uh, man, I'm, I'm I'm having fun out here in training camp. Uh, one week down in preseason, heat index of 120 degrees on the field today. The hottest day of practice. Can't get used to this humidity, but you know you got to use it uh, to my competitive advantage when other teams come in here. You mentioned the preseason. Let's go back to last Thursday. Baltimore comes in, plays a lot of their ones off the bat, almost like it's a playoff game. They're taking that game pretty seriously. You guys played more of your twos and threes. You've been around the league for a while now. I mean, do you take into account that you guys got beat 29 nothing? Is that extra motivation going into Thursday? Or do you just come in, watch the film, it is what it is, and you just kind of move on? See, the way it works is pretty much uh, it's, it's so many different guys playing. It's, it's, you know, we both have over 90 people on our rosters, and, you know, multiple guys got to come in a game and compete. And, you know, there's there's no excuse on how we lost or the way we lost. But, you know, the way it works is, you know, during preseason, and it's an unspoken it's an unspoken rule, but when you're a player in this league, you play for all 32 teams. You know, the other the other guys from the other team are being evaluated by our scouts. Our scouts are evaluating their players. And it's, it's, it's just a way to get better. Preseason is a way to hone your skills, get better, and uh, be put in a certain situation to see how you're going to respond. You know, it's always good as a, as a as a winner, 
And as a competitor, I always love to win. I hate losing no matter what. It could be a rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> but I hate, I hate losing. And, uh, you know, we just got to create that demeanor around the team, you know, that, you know, yeah, our starters didn't play, but this is an opportunity for everybody to get better, and this is an opportunity to go out and compete every day. Coach Marone's even said that he's kind of eased up a little bit at practice this year as in terms of the physicality because the main goal is to get guys ready by Kansas City by week one. Uh, compared to some of the other training camps that you've been a part of now, how is this one different from some of the other ones? Or is it kind of the same in terms of physicality? Obviously, this heat adds a little element, too, you're probably not used to. Well, I think, number one, uh, the, the, the biggest thing is uh, the chemistry. Um, I, I've, I've never been a part of a team that gelled so well so fast. And uh, we have a lot of new additions to this team this year and a lot of new guys. And just the way the locker room accepted all the new guys and embraced their roles on the team, you know, you can see it. And now I can see that we're all starting to gel and play for one another and get our assignments right. Guys are willing to help, you know, the younger guys uh, hone their skills and, and dial in on the everyday things. So you're in your sixth NFL team. Uh, there's a term around the league, you know, it's called journeyman. And uh, it wasn't a term I necessarily liked when I played. But let's be honest, it's your sixth NFL team now. I mean, from that perspective, we're talking your sixth NFL team. That's six new bunches of teammates, six new cities to live in. Do you ever get used to that, going to a new team? And how do you approach coming to Jacksonville? I just The way I approach it is just coming in with a competitive mindset. Uh, I know who we have here. I knew before I signed here, I knew who we had. And uh, I just think I look at it as an opportunity because – you know, most guys would have hung it up. Most guys would quit and walk away from the game. And, you know, me seeing a lot of guys get signed this offseason in free agency, I was like, wow, you know, this guy is 34. I'm still in my 20s. You know, he, this guy just got dra- he got drafted in the same class. You know, he got drafted in the same class as me. And he's 33. Or, you know, I use that as motivation, like older guys that, you know, I perform you know, around the same the same level as, and, you know, it gave me motivation to keep fighting and keep keep going. And I love football. You know, I, I always told myself I'm not quitting until uh, the wheels fall all the way off. You know, they're going to have to – I'm going to be like Christopher Reeves, <laughs> paraplegic before I quit playing, you know. Uh, but that's, that's just the love I have for the game and um, the love I have for coming out here on this field every day and getting better. So in terms of Dom Capers, you guys have a little history. You know, he was with you in Green Bay and everything. How much influence did Coach Capers have in you coming here, number one? And number two, uh, you're kind of a tweener. You played all the spots on the defensive line. You played linebacker. Where do you fit in a Dom Capers? Well, it, it's Todd Wash's system, but, you know, the, the, it's Dom Capers-esque, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself fitting in this defense? Oh, well, man, shoot. You know, Swiss Army knife. You know, uh, wherever you can line up and be productive at, you know, I can fit in any position on our front seven, and I'm comfortable at every position. So for me, it's just, you know, uh, learning from our great vets, our, our true starters, which is Calais Campbell, and learning from him. And when he comes off the, off the field, or who, if, if Abe comes off the field, if Marcel comes off the field, if Jan comes off the field, I know every position to be able to go line up and, and be a, 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 solid, a solid player where there, there won't be a drop-off. A few more questions for you. Uh, you're, you're a big MMA guy. You've trained with Jay Glazer out in California a little bit. I've actually have knowledge that you said that you can beat anybody in the cage except John Jones. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're saying you can beat my. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, hey, it's all good. That, that's another conversation for a different day. But my question to you is, uh, would you ever consider doing MMA? Well, you know, it's, it's actually crazy because I actually thought about going pro okay. out of college. Uh, it was something that I've been into since I was about maybe 18. When I'm around 18, since I was a freshman in college, I started doing it with Jay Glazer and working with Randy Couture and working with Chuck Liddell 
and working with uh, BJ Penn and all these guys. It's pretty solid names. Yes, <laughs> solid, solid guys, and uh, just going every day as just to get better with my leverage. And uh, with my hands, I, I just I would just do it every day, and I, I, I started seeing myself getting better and better. And then when I, I spar with like Chuck and all those guys, I noticed that I I could hit these guys. Yeah. I, I could I could I could get my leverage on these guys and uh, pin them down. I could slam them. I could hit them with a kick, a low kick, a high kick. You know. Um, but I stopped doing it uh, one time. Uh, fun, funny story. Frank Mir. Yeah. Frank Mir. I was talking trash. For, former UFC heavyweight Frank yeah. Mir. I was just talking trash about uh, nobody could uh, nobody could slam me, you know. I'm I'm a, I'm a weightlifter, you know. I'm yeah. heavy, and this and the third. And Frank was in there. And he was at the time, you know. This was pre John Jones. Uh, I was talking trash, and he, he caught he caught me and got me in a cold armbar chicken wing. Yeah. And I couldn't get out. I thought, I thought my whole shoulder was gone. But <laughs> tapping that one. Yeah, tap yeah. tapping out. But I mean, the, just the whole um, everything with the MMA. It just helps with my hand and eye coordination, my leverage with pummeling, uh, feeling uh, feeling the guy's weight move, and you know, so I could pummel him this way and swim off the other way. And the reason why I say I can't beat John Jones is because he's a counterfighter. He has no plan. John Jones has no. He comes in the cage with no plan. Yeah. He's a straight counterfighter. All right. So uh, tell me this then. Your go-to combo to get a knockout. What are you going with? Oh my gosh. Go-to knockout. I'm probably gonna go with a front kick. Okay. Just to get you back. Yep. Side kick. And then when you come in, I lean in for it. Mm-hmm. When you come back, okay. boom, okay. hit you right there, right. and then catch you right there, and then hit you right there. Okay, okay. I mean, easy now. Easy now. Easy now. You got to hit the jawline yeah, yeah. to stumble them, to knock that baseline off, yeah. and then you got to knock the air out of them, boom, and then catch them again. All so right. now they can't recover and get back. All right, right. you know your stuff? All right. I, I got one more MMA question for you then real quick. So say it goes to the ground. Say we're going with jiu-jitsu. What's your go-to jiu-jitsu submission? Oh my gosh! Oh, we're we just gonna stand on our feet the whole time. Standing up, we, I'm, we're standing up. I'm Conor McGregor right now. I'm Conor McGregor. I'm a stand-up okay. guy. You get me to the ground. We're not going to the ground. Diaz. you're gonna Nate Diaz me. All right. So speaking of fighting and everything, say you're in a dark alley, walking home by yourself. You can have one teammate with you to kind of have your back. Who are you taking? Sheesh! Oh my gosh! I'm taking Yannick. Yannick? Yannick and Gaka. Okay. Oh my gosh! That boy is a, a firecracker. <laughs> He's not scared of nothing. I'm talking about it could be a giant out here, yeah. and he'll, he'll take the giant down. He, he'll think that he could take the giant down yeah. by himself, and I, that's the type of guy I need. When uh, I'm stuck in a foxhole, I need a guy that's going to shoot for me. You know, I need a guy that's going to ride for me, and you know, that's a guy I know that ride. All right, last, last question for you here. So, you know, this is your seventh year in the NFL, but you're still kind of the new guy on the team. I was going to reserve this thing for Josh Allen, but Josh Allen has really interrupted three of my interviews now that I've done. Mm. So I'm going to reserve this for you. So seeing how you've been on a lot of teams, first impressions are, are, are a big deal here. I want to get your one word, first impressions. That's the things I'm about to say to you, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, first impression on Josh Allen. So, uh, Tom Coughlin. Great. Jalen Ramsey's brink struck appearance. Swag. The heat here. Hot. Jacksonville in general. Lit. Stipe or DC? Ah, uh, Stipe. All right. That's all I got for you, man. <laughs> that was a fun interview oh, with yeah. Dayton Jones. Uh, and by the way, he said he'd ride with Yannick. 
Yeah, I mean, nice if, compliment if, right if there. There's a lot of guys to pick from. If you had to go to a dark alley, who are you taking with you? Yannick Ngakwe. You're not a bad choice. Not the biggest guy, but he's got the heart of a warrior. Yeah. I don't mind that choice either. Uh, all right. Uh, good interview. Uh, you can see more of it and the video version on YouTube, on Facebook. It's up there, ESPN. On YouTube, it's our Action Sports Jacks channel. Go subscribe. Uh, more sub- people subscribing every day, says Coos. Uh, more people listen to ESPN 690 every day, says the ratings. Yeah. Not tattoo worthy yet. We're getting there. Slowly but surely. More people watching on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and even Mixer. Really? Mixer's getting some Mixer's numbers Mixer's getting some love. Okay. Who's like, no, it's not. I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you find Mixer? Yeah. I don't know. Ask Ninja. There you go. We've got nice our own Ninja version of Ninja right. next on ESPN 690. What you got on the magic whiteboard? I feel like you've been slacking on the whiteboard. So I've been eating, man. Sorry. <laughs> Had some brisket today. Maybe it's because I was in Baltimore last week, and so I didn't really think about the whiteboard as much. No, it's all good. I, was, you I was doing some stuff. Hey, I'm almost done here with it. Brett You're Martin, putting a lot of pressure on me right now, man. Former Jag Austin Lane, current MMA fighter, 2-0 and with the ESPN 690 host <laughs> label. And now we welcome in... From Palm Beach Autographs, Martin Buckley on the show. What's up? What, also retired MMA fighter. <laughs> oh, that's a fun fact. Yeah. Nice, My man. record wasn't very good. Don't YouTube me. What was, what, now, was, what was your style? What was like your go-to stuff? Oh, uh, you know. Yep, you're starting to sound like Daytona yeah. Jones even more now. Yes. Okay. Karate. Now, um, I use a lot of karate and judo. <laughs> but actually, he told us earlier, he's now a male model, but business is slow. <laughs> yeah. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> what would you model if you could? And don't say underwear because well you kind of do anyway in a cage. Well, yeah, I know. (laughs) Very aggressive underwear. No, uh, you know, you remember like the East Bay magazine? I think it's still a thing. The East Bay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I I had a model for the cover of the East Bay magazine. You did? Yeah, I did. I I was on the cover of East Bay. Well, isn't that framed? And in here. I mean, I have like two, like, uh, I forget what they call them. It's like the prints, like the, like the stone print that they use to actually print out the magazine. Oh, okay. I have them in my house. That's I don't, cool. I don't care. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was my first modeling experience. Didn't go so well, and I was mic'd up the whole time, too. Forgot that when I went to the bathroom to take the mic off and turn the mic off, microphone off. So uh, about 10 people that were in charge of makeup and like lighting and everything heard me go to the bathroom. Like so the that, naked gun. Yeah, exactly. So that, that was a little embarrassing. But uh, yeah, modeling, not so much for me. What would you model, Buckley? Right now, I think my, I'd be a great hand model. <laughs> I think I'd be little, little Costanza. Okay. Yeah. Very Costanza. Look at, look at these things. Not Beautiful. bad. Beautiful. Yeah. Not my hands. Uh, I'm, I, if if I was competing with Antonio Brown, I could model my feet. <laughs> oh, man. Those are brutal. Yeah. So bad. And so are mine, but not like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, it would be a good, um, not for me. Like, I, I wouldn't look good because I don't look good in sunglasses. Mm-hmm. But being like a sunglass model would be all right. It'd be kind of like you're not going to get killed for that. I don't look good in sunglasses. I think everyone looks good in sunglasses. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't like sunglasses. I'm not a big sunglass the right fan. Ones. But I usually go for between twelve dollars and fifteen dollars. Well, so there's your first I don't know if those right are the there. right ones. Yeah, uh, the most expensive you ever spend on a on sunglasses, uh, and not given for free. You're an uh, athlete, so you get like free stuff. <laughs> no, I uh, probably bought a hundred bucks. These are not going to look for good. a pair of Ray Bans. I'm not. They're a little big because they're for my head, obviously. Yeah. 
I'm not mad at them. Are these the ones you, you wear after you get punched in the face? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the ones when I, when I go to court. I'm not trying not to cry. <laughs> they look like court glasses. Uh, I think like 100 bucks is the most expensive pair of sunglasses I ever, I ever borrowed. But it's funny, though. Coming from a small town, Brent, and I'm sure you can attest to this, too. Oakley's were big growing up, right? Yeah. I thought Oakley's were like... The most expensive sunglasses you could get. Like, oh, I remember, yeah. like when my cousin, my cousin they had are? a pair of Oakleys. I know exactly, right? Like, my cousin <laughs> had a pair of Oakleys. I'm like, dude, those are awesome. How much you spend on those? And like 120 dollars. And I was like six or seven years old. I couldn't comprehend yeah. paying 120 bucks for anything, let alone sunglasses. Well, then I went out to the real world and figured out that Oakleys are just, you know, kind of standard, I yeah. guess, in terms of pricing. What is the most expensive you paid? Your wife is not listening. Don't worry. Not, well, my wife. By the way, uh, Martin's America's guest, hey. so he gets free everything, too. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> he actually gets that. more free than you I do. do. I the do per- get free sunglasses. He gets more tea gifts than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Um, probably in that same, actually, Oakley's, which I'm wearing today. Um, probably like 150 because the polarized ones are like yeah. 150 um, but I've just started getting those. Have you guys seen blenders? They advertise on like social media. No. Like like an actual blender? No, no. Oh. So it's the name of a sunglass. Oh no, no. And they no. started <laughs> like they started like twenty bucks. They go up okay. to forty bucks. They're awesome, and it's great because if you lose them, whatever, you wear them to the beach. You're not bump, you know. So I've been wearing those a lot too. All right, those I'm are my cheapest look it pair. That's my most expensive, probably one fifty. <laughs> I uh, I seriously have never bought a pair of sunglasses. That's cost more than $15. Step your game up, Brent. Yeah, it's time. But I didn't wear sunglasses until I, I came to Florida. Like, I didn't need it. When you played baseball, you didn't wear them? Uh, you know, now that you say, you know, we play, we had the flip box. The flips. Remember <laughs> <that>? <laughs> Let's bring those back. Let's I bring them back said, right now. I just said when we played, like I'm old or something, <laughs> and I'm not. But <laughs> It's okay. But, I mean, I'm at that point where I said, like, I did. I had the flip-up. Flip-up oh, yeah. things were cool. Oh, I thought that like, was the and, and I didn't need – I actually hated wearing glass, sunglasses. I'd rather block it with my glove. Sure. Because mm-hmm. I just didn't see the ball well. I don't know how guys hit with sunglasses on. I don't even like playing golf yeah, with I'm sunglasses on. I have to take them off. It's yeah. just weird. I don't, I don't like it. Um, but the flip-ups were, like, the cool thing. Be honest, Brent. When you played baseball, did you wear the flip-ups with, with the eye black, too? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do, do you need both yes. things, though? No. Do you, do you really I didn't need, need both any things, of it. though? Yeah, okay. I also didn't need Just black sure. licorice to make pretend like I was chewing. <laughs> <laughs> or, a, or a mouthful of sunflower seeds. Oh. Fair enough. But, I mean, you, had to, you know, it actually is the, the epitome now of, like, travel baseball. Yeah. And where we've gone wrong at times. And not just travel baseball, but in... in suburban america sure. if you will mm-hmm. is the fact that kids have like oakley glasses oh, at like 12 years <laughs> old like and listen, i love you guys and i know some of you that have done it and bought your kids 100 dollars yeah. oakley oh yeah it, ain't gonna it shouldn't happen nope my kids getting the, the 3d glasses from the movie theater and that's gonna be it for the <laughs> first like 12 years now listen, I, that. I, I, as i'm saying this i'm like all right did we ever buy that yet but no, I, yeah, I, we, we haven't bought high Oakley we haven't, sunglasses. We haven't bought Oakley. I mean, but we bought like, a, you know, like if you go to Academy or something like that, the $35 sunglasses probably for the kids. Yeah. I mean, but my uh, mom would not have let that happen. But it's, like, it's kind of the thing, you know, I mean, everybody spends so much money on, on some oh, of yeah. the sports now. Gear, shoes, uniform. Good play, good feel good, Brent. I mean, hopefully one day get paid good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hopefully. It all goes hand in hand. Hey, you guys have a uh, big, uh, let's talk a little Gators. Uh, Percy Harvin. Yeah. Who's, you know, where is Percy in terms of, uh, like, Gator lore? You know, there's, there's 
unbelievable moments. One of the best players on those championship teams, 06, 08. He was sure. unbelievable. My first year was 08, so I watched Percy. I was oh, down yeah. at that Oklahoma game. He was unbelievable in that game. And Tim gets a lot of credit, and rightfully so. But Percy Harvin, I think people do give credit to Percy Harvin. They like to phrase it like Tim Tebow got all the credit and Percy Harvin was really sure. just as good a player. I don't think that's – I think Tim Tebow gets a lot of credit because Tim's Tim. Yes. And he's so big. But I think Percy Harvin does get a lot of credit. People remember Percy Harvin as a guy, especially in that game, but all year long, that was unbelievable. Well, he just had so many. Yeah, I think that's really well said because you do hear that a lot. And Percy had so many amazing, flashy moments. He, I mean, he's got to be one of the most electric Gators of all time. True. Yeah. If, if well you're going to start, yeah. I mean, just explosive moments that, you know, did things on the field where you just wow moments. And um, Percy's doing good. He's down in Gainesville, uh, finishing up in Gainesville and hanging around the football team a little bit. Um, got inducted into the Florida Hall of Fame. So yes. that was a release today. I feel like I've heard that he was going in. And so it might be a bit of old news. But let me just read down the uh, the list. And, and while I'm looking this up, because I just got the email a short time ago. Yeah. Uh, Percy's going to be at Palm Beach Autographs. The Avenues Mall, yeah. Saturday, yep. 5 to 7. Nailed it. Uh, and come on out, right? Yeah, definitely. This is our, I was trying to think, it's either our third or fourth time having Percy. We brought him in originally as a Gator before he got drafted. And then I think we've had him back. This will be his third time. We had him as a Viking, like a Gator and a Viking. Then mm-hmm. we brought him after the Super Bowl when he had that explosive return. And uh, so we're bringing him back again. It's been a little while. We're excited to have him back and have all the Gator fans out for a, for a signing. It's been a little while since we've had a Gator, so we're excited. So, uh, listen, a, the class is Torian Green, Percy Harvin, oh, nice. Billy Horschel uh, mm-hmm. going in uh, as a Hall of Famer. Uh, Kisha Jett, Kisha Kisha, Kisha, it's probably Kisha Jet. Stacy, she was track and field. Stacy Nelson, uh, softball. Uh, Greg Ouellette, uh, tennis. Fred Weary, you know that name. Nice. Football. Uh, Becky Wells, track and field. And uh, Greg Troy, swimming head coach. Nice. Uh, so, uh, and and also Caleb Dressel, by the way, uh, Jacksonville guy, will be honored as the Ben Hill Griffin Award winner as the top male oh, uh, cool. athlete from 2018. Uh, that's coming up in October ceremony. So Percy Harvin going in, Billy Horschel, uh, between Horschel and, and Weary and, and, uh, Percy, those guys are kind of the headliners, in my opinion, uh, to the class. Yep. But Percy is a guy that he's so talented. The migraines, there was some of the stuff off the field, mm-hmm. but it was really the migraines, I think, that got him out of the game, right? Yeah. It, well, we've actually, I've been with him twice when he had him and he would, it would really, it would change his entire personality. You know, he'd be going from fun loving, joking, everything good, and then all of a sudden he'd get him and he was just down and out. And one time it happened at the end of one of our signings at the mall and we had gone through the public and so we just stopped everything. We did it all the next day and then the other time was at a private signing and it was something that he the whole family I think um had dealt with them in varying degrees, but um I know he's gotten some help for him and it seems like he's doing better, but they were really it was really bad, really debilitating for him. Especially playing a game of football. Oh, oh, man. Headaches are kind of a standard thing, especially in training camp. Do I have to deal with migraines then on top of that? I cannot imagine. Hey, you, Brett, that's a good point right there. I was thinking of this the other day because uh, Ty actually said he's like, I'm, I think when he was sick, he was sick a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And Steph's like, hey, do you have a headache? Mm-hmm. He's like, I've never had a headache. <laughs> Ty said that? Lucky yeah. kid. He's 14 Thanks. and he's never had a headache. And I'm like, 
Okay. I mean, I don't know. Is that normal? What maybe it's normal, but yeah. it does. Like the NFL guys, we think of headaches when you have CTE or a concussion, right? Yeah. You know, I'm no, sure, sure that's not that that was badly phrased. When no, you have but, a concussion and then sure. potentially yeah. leads, then we think CTE and all these things. Of course. Um, but I would imagine what you just said is interesting to me because. Almost every single day of your football life, you probably have a headache. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, as and that might sound a little ridiculous to some people, but that's the way it was, especially in training camp. Um, they were just a way of life. You know, you you chase them down with you know four or five, six, seven, eight, sometimes ibuprofen, mm-hmm. and, and you go out there and you practice. You come back off the field, and you know you're probably feeling a little dizzy, and you try to close your eyes a little bit and rest. And that's just and it's repeated over and over again. And that's just the way it, it went. I mean, that was basically the four or five years. That I played in the NFL, that was the story of my training camp. But it only happened in training camp. You know, like oh, during, really? during the regular season, then um, whether you get used to it or whether it's just, you know, the, the intensity gets taken down a little bit when you're in the season and in the full swing of things. But training camp, man, yeah. I mean, when you're in the heat and you're especially in the trenches, climbing heads, headaches are just a way of life. Yeah, it's pretty wild uh, yeah. that, that it goes like that. And it also speaks to, remember we had Rasheed Mathis on in June? Sure. And he said he never took medicine. Yeah. Wow. In his NFL career. Yeah. We talked about him a little bit, and uh, he had a shoulder surgery. I had the same one. I had a torn labrum. I think he tore his the next year. And, dude, torn labrum, any kind of surgery is a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Torn labrum surgery, it's a big deal. And I was in pain after it, you know, and I'm chasing down these pain pills and everything, just trying to keep sane and try to keep some way of living. And here we got Rasheen Mathis, who had his labrum surgery just like I had and refused to take anything. You've been to a million concerts, Bush and Live. Yeah. Ever been? Uh, I saw live. There you go. I saw live. I can't remember. They uh they opened for somebody. They were here and uh you know, they, they play all the all the stuff brings me back to my, you know, uh high school days for sure. <laughs> all right, well call in, you can win tickets. Uh Bush and Live. Calling in now. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one or star star six ninety. We're giving away tickets once again today, and you can call in right now, nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. Star star six ninety Bush and Live tickets. What do you say? Caller number three. Actually we should just do the first caller because of Percy Harvin. Yeah, number first one. one number uno. Easy work for you, Coos. <laughs> Easy work today. The lines are lighting up. <laughs> At least with one. <laughs> Someone's got a speed dial set up here. More to come. Right next to Poison Control. Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs. Want to get a couple more Gator thoughts and uh, maybe even a Tim Tebow thought next on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. Brent Martin Austin Lane. Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs, our good buddy. Haven't had you in a while either. Yeah, man. Glad. Thanks for having me back, dude. Always good to hang out with you guys. Been running around a little bit, but back home for a while. America's guest is what I call him. He's all over the place, <laughs> the best nickname but he's ever. the greatest. And uh, I do have to give him a shout out once again. Uh, Palm Beach Autographs, always so good to us on our Dream 18, which is coming up in about a month at Southampton. And you can uh, be a part of it. ActionSportsShacksDream18.com. Love to have you out. We have all the sports teams invited, and they're pl- they're going to participate. The Shrimp, the Sharks, the Armada, the Giants. Uh, are a big sponsor along with the law offices of Ron Schultz, which we appreciate. Uh, the Jags will be out there. Uh, the Iceman, uh, JU, UNF, uh, I'm leaving somebody out, but uh, the sh- I think I said the shrimp. Uh, 
So it's a kind of a sports celebration now, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. Airstream Ventures uh, recently uh, uh, showed their support. They'll be out there as well. Uh, Top Golf's going to be out there. So come on out. Have a great time. It's really just a fun day. Really, really a fun day. And uh, we try to raise a little money. We don't try to raise a million dollars, but we try to raise a little money. And we're going to be at this golf club at Southampton. Uh, raising money for North Florida Junior Golf Foundation and St. Michael Soldiers. But how does Palm Beach Autographs uh, play a role? Well, the, for years and years now, this is year 10 of the Dream 18. Martin's always been so great. He's, uh, he frames the pin flags for us. And uh, we usually put some pictures in. We give it to some of the big sponsors or we showcase it around. And in early years, we would have all the, the celebrities that played right. a whole autograph it. And then we would auction those off. So uh, we appreciate you partnering up on that, buddy. Uh, Always, ten man. years now, ten years going. So that's pretty cool. We'll get over the one hundred thousand dollar raised mark uh, this year. Nice, wow. Wow. Fun little milestone. Cool. Not bad. Uh, you know, just just but what Austin gets like for a fight. Yeah, uh, I wish. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. I'm like, I wish that was the case. Tim, uh, one day. <laughs> I, said, I said this yesterday at the end of the show. I'm going to parallel Austin Lane and Tim Tebow. Yeah. It took and a little offense to that. He didn't like that. No. No. Now, you got to remember, they came in together, 2010 class. Oh, yeah. Class, right. Uh, the, the senior bowl, they were there. I was at the senior bowl when he, was, when he was sick and we were doing the autograph signings. And yes. my booth was next to his booth. He didn't show up. There was a lot of disappointed little, yes. little Gator fans <laughs> that were crying, asking me where Tim was like I knew. And I'm like, hey, I got no idea. Can't have a Murray State sticker. Have a good day. We'll see you later. So... You know, me and Tim came off to kind of a rough start, I guess you would say, because I had a cover for Tim Tebow, even though he was on the South team, not the North team. He was sick as a dog. I, I hope so, yeah. because, you know, <laughs> I hope it wasn't an excuse because yeah. he had a rough practice or something. He's trying to get out of the spotlight. I hope that was the case. Oh, yeah. Just saying. I don't think he can get out of the spotlight. It's, it's a, a good tough point. thing for uh, Tim Tebow. But anyway, so I was thinking of this the other day. I said, we're, so, Tim, the question is, is his baseball career over? His season's over. He was in AAA. He didn't have a great year in AAA, even though this has been a, a, a pretty cool story to follow over the last three years. He's going to be 32 this week. Is he done? Does he give it a go? There's You could see if he's done because he's 32 and he's got a lot of stuff going on. He's getting married. Yep. He's got all the TV stuff. He does speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so he's so into everything else, all the platforms that he, that he uses and and uh, controls in, in that manner. Um. But you also think because he got hurt the last couple of years, like, I don't know if he's going to hang it up on, on that note. You know, that's that's you could see him really coming back and, and giving it a go. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of decision he makes. And he might not have a complete say in that. The Mets have a say in that as well. Uh, will they invite him back? So we'll see what the baseball story is. So you guys come in together 2010. Yes. NFL careers last a few years. Yes. He picks up a second professional gig he does you pick up a second professional gig yep mma fighting Uh he's still playing professional baseball Uh he's on espn and in the media you're on espn and in the media that's a footnote yep i mean the lives there's some similarities the, the symmetry the the parallels yeah 
There's some similarities there. They got um, a statue of you at Murray State yet? <laughs> no, Quincy Williams is taking that over for me. Yeah, yeah, they're, 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 getting, they're getting ready to enshrine me. I had to send in my measurements and everything, and all of a sudden Quincy's like, "Ah, oh, no, it's all good, Lane. We'll go and take it from here." So uh, I'm pretty sure they ended up like making my bust into his now. So like, they had to melt me down, and now it's going to be a Quincy Williams bust, which is cool because he's shorter than I am. So you know, not as much materials. So there you go. There you go. See? But no, that's you know what? Really, Martin, this is on you. You should have signed Austin. Coming out of school too. You signed. You guys signed. You're missing, out, signed man. You're missing out, man. Um, we not too late. We can do it now. Yeah. Hey, talk okay. to my agent a little bit. So you got Saturday, Percy Harvin, five to seven at Palm Beach Autographs Avenue's Mall. Yep. Uh, in Wellington, you got Ricky Williams. Yeah, yeah. We locked up uh, Ricky a few weeks ago, and he's going to be at our Wellington location down south. So if anyone has items that they need signed by Ricky, we allow people to drop them off at our store here in Jacksonville. And then we'll have them done at that signing and then shipped back up. Pretty cool. And then Charlie yeah. Ward in a couple of weeks. Charlie Ward is the same day as the Boise State game. What's that? Uh, uh, August, August 31st. 31st. Yep. He's going to be uh, before the game. Charlie's going to be in town for the game. So we're going to have him at the store from 12 to 2. And he's a great friend of ours as well. Always a Good blast dude. having him. So Florida State fans, I'm sure, will come out and say hi to him. Uh, you cool. can stick around or if you got to go, go. But we'll be back on ESPN 690. A conversation with T. Brady on the way. Figure it out. <laughs> Have I ever even heard of the bands you guys are talking about? You've heard of Casey Musgraves? Uh, yeah, I've heard oh, of yeah. her. You've heard of Casey. Are you definitely... Oh, yeah, I definitely heard of Casey. Are you going to... That show sold out? Yeah, it's sold out, but I'll, we'll find a way. I got you. I can make Thanks, some man. calls. Well, I just don't want to get like a restraining order filed against me, Brent, or anything like that. No, so. you have to sit in the back. Oh, no. No. I'll, I'll make way to the front. There, there, are, there are ways, Brent. You, now, when you go to the Casey Musgraves concert, yeah, exactly. Thank you, you. you go to the Casey Musgraves concert. Are you wearing the T-shirt? No. Oh, Brent. Etiquette 101. Brent. So much. Is, is that a real question, sir? Drop That's it a on. real question, Brent. Brent. Uh, uh, even is, even Coos is behind this one. You never wear. So, if say you go to a concert, you never wear the shirt of the artist that you're going to see. Never. Why? Brent. It's an unwritten on, rule. Man. Yeah. No, seriously, where did this come from? I, I have no life, idea. Life, Brent, just society and then this is like the society norms that occur in everyday life. You Austin. never oh man. Is that like the guy that wears is that like I the apologize. guy apologize? Is that like the guy that wears the, the Cowboys jersey to a uh you know Giants Jaguars game? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All yeah. right. That's same that, kind the of same, you're, same. You're you're that guy right now, Brent. Congratulations. No, I asked the question. I didn't say I'm wearing the Casey Musgrave shirt to Casey. I just said I asked the question. I'm just saying the fact that you You're had to ask it, the, the fact that you had to ask it, leads me to believe that that Garth Brooks concert, you had like a '95 Garth Brooks tour shirt that you wore, and <laughs> to be quite uh, honest with you, embarrassed yourself. To be quite honest bit. with you, I've never understood why people buy the gear. Oh, come now, on. Now Kaylee did want one, so I guess it's part like it was one of her first concerts. I guess yeah. Yeah. some Maybe. of them roll out. Pearl Jam rolls out some sweet gear. Oh yeah, yeah there's they? always some cool yeah. stuff out there. Yeah, yeah I get in trouble. At the merch <laughs> oh, yeah. See, well, as you can tell, I'm, I'm a big poster guy. Yeah, so every posters. concert that I go to, I have to get a poster. Same with me. There's about like 50 posters in my house right oh. now hanging up. I, I might have, have had problem. friends in low places uh, underwear on that day. <laughs> <laughs> that, would that would be a, be a bad good brand. name. That would yeah. be a <laughs> I think it's a great name. Uh, let's, go ahead, let's go ahead and uh, copyright that real quick, Brent. Let's go ahead and trademark that. Lose He's come thing. up with some really big loose balls. But he just did it again. <laughs> I, we might have come up with something there. I think we got something yeah, there. Yeah, that's good. Now the question is, can we bring Garth Brooks on to help promote it? 
No. <laughs> That's the big thing. Well, come on. I tried. I chased Prince Garth for like, his underwear. I chased Garth for a couple of Use code for Garth to get 15% off. Come on. We, we can do it. We got do it. You have friends in low places. <laughs> oh, I got plenty of friends in low places. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, you just had two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so all these people that do wear shirts. Yeah. You just walk by and shake your head. Oh, of course. Yeah, now, there's a lot of people that wear sh- shirts. Uh, I'm going to be honest. A festival's different. Like, I see it all the time at a festival. Sure. I'm sure you've been to like, where, you know, there's maybe 50 bands playing. And sometimes you'll see you a rep person. Your band. Yeah, rep, repping your band. I'll allow that. But if it's just like a, a one-night-only concert kind of thing, like, say, I go to see the Casey Musgraves. If I wear the Casey Musgraves shirt to a Casey Musgraves concert, I hope somebody calls the cops on me, honestly. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll call the cops on myself in that standpoint. You cannot do that. You can't do it. Uh, well, at that Casey Musgraves concert, hopefully you can have a little Vita de Louis. You get a shirt on or shirt off. It's happy hour one time. Grab a drink, get a shot, and tip your star tenders. Vita DeLuis recently got a 94 rating. Locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. Made in tequila, Mexico, and shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita DeLuis tequila. One of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLuis.com. Drink responsibly. I don't think you sell Vita DeLuis at Palm Beach Autographs. No, but, we should. Uh, That'd that, be a great cross promo. not a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> Taste testing. Yeah. Um, you have to get a permit for that probably. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, and hopefully we'll have uh, Vita DeLuis out at the Action Sports Shack's uh, Dream 18 golf tournament, too. But how's the whole thing going? I mean, you and Mark, and we've, we've you've checked in from Mexico yeah. here on the show. Uh, you guys have checked in from the, uh, I don't know, did you check in from the Rolling Stones? You had your Rolling checked Stones party. Checked in from party. the Stones, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. So how's everything going with it? Everything's going great. Um, everybody that we, uh, all the restaurants that have picked it up have loved it. Uh, Mark's been real busy in the past few weeks. Um Working with our team in Tampa and a bunch of restaurants and bars are picking it up there. Um, some restaurants and, and bars in Orlando are going to be picking it up as well. Uh, Jack's has been expanding, you know, uh, every few weeks. It seems like there's another restaurant, a new location. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, now on our website, I don't know if he told you this, but you can actually uh, you can buy it online. You I know, buy I like it that. Online, yep. and it comes straight to your house. That's cool. And uh, so when I was away this summer. Um, I ordered a couple bottles to the va- vacation house, and they got there, and it was awesome. It was great. Very Never good. bought booze online before. But <laughs> <laughs> now you have. Uh, good stuff. That's cool to see it all going well. And I know you've got Thanks. some big stuff coming up in se- September out west in California. Yeah, Kaboom. Uh, We're really cool. excited about that. Really good deal. Uh, hey, couple, South Beach Gary just called, uh, and you don't have headphones on, so we didn't want you to be able to not hear. But he said, at Palm Beach Autographs, the most uh, expensive autograph in the store. Uh, That's a a great question. It kind of rotates right now. um, Right now. Oh, you know what it is? We have a a really sweet graded from our friends at JSA, Jackie Robinson framed piece. Wow. 
And that I think is thirty five hundred or four thousand. Very cool. Um, so that's wow, really cool. Awesome. I hope it never sells because I feel like it's mine. Yeah, it's mine. Yes, sir. It's, it's it's nice to sell something like that, but when it goes, you're kind of like, man. Yeah, you like to have it in the store. That's, yeah, uh, that's a good point. I can see how that happened. Uh, Jags related. Sure. I'm gonna mention a guy. You say, and I'm not saying you haven't signed up or anything like that, but you sure. do have some like Ramsey pieces. Ramsey uh, sell pretty well. Yeah, Ramsey. Ramsey's probably the most sought after jag right now current jag okay yeah uh, i mean who's former jag austin um, lane. you know baselli <laughs> and brunel always uh, austin lane when we're able to get him in he's very oh, difficult to rare. work with it's very, very, rare. very difficult his uh, his rider contract is lengthy <laughs> why don't you by the way when are we coming up we with, absolutely have to do this no we are doing the signing we got to yeah. do that we're going to do a show out there yes. and we're going to do a signing because i'm bringing all my friends and i'm going to sign more things than austin oh is that what that we're doing that needs to be the con that's the contest because you have more twitter followers doesn't mean you're going to pull this off yeah, such I, a, no okay a chance okay. but i want like the i think we should have uh austin like a framed one in the cage and on the field Oh, that's a great idea, right. Ben. We could do a, I mean, we could do cool, a composite photo. That would be a cool thing to autograph. We could definitely do that. Yeah. I'm on it. I'll have our graphics girl do it up for sure. All right. Cool. So, uh, but, okay, so, form, so, the, so the, the, you know, obviously, Baselli. How much will Baselli's value go up when he gets to the Hall of Fame? It will. Um, you know what? The, the value will go up a little bit, um, but because of the position, you know, it's not a quarterback. It's not a running back. It's not a receiver. It won't be that huge, huge jump that you'll see with those skill position guys. But um, there's definitely going to be demand nationally because people will have Hall of Fame items that yeah, a helmet that's signed by every Hall of Famer or they need a mini helmet or a football signed by every Hall of Famer. So the demand is definitely going to go up and the value will increase as well, for sure. I like this side of the business. I, I like this conversation. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And one I had too, Martin, was so we talked about Percy Harvin a little bit. Yeah. You know, and, you know, in college, he. He put up some pretty gaudy numbers in the NFL. Maybe not so much, but he had some explosive plays, right? And when I think of like an explosive guy like that, I think of like a Percy Harvin, like a Devin Hester, yeah. even like a Tyree Kill back when Tyree Kill was first coming out. Now he's kind of a bona fide receiver. But like from that perspective, you know, I mean, obviously the quarterbacks will always sell. Sure. But from those like explosive type players, well, they don't put up the gaudy numbers, but they have those ESPN top Sports Center top ten moments all yep. the time. You see him. How do those sell nationally? That's a great question. And it's funny that you use the word moment. Yeah. Because when I'm talking with my business partners, I always talk about specific moments. And so if you get a guy like as an example, um, uh, Fournette had that mm. uh, great jump over the Steelers yeah, offensive yeah. line or yeah. excuse me, defensive line and went into the end zone. So that moment sold amazing because he was having that great rookie year. Sure. And then that. So that put it over the top. It's nice to have one thing of a guy, you know, in the backfield, an auction shot, an action shot. Mm -hmm. But if you get a shot of a guy, you know, Yannick taking out Brady, you know, and then you have that signed so well and nationally well because everyone wants that moment. moment. I'm going to piggyback on that. Can you only have like one moment, though? Because like, say for Fournette that year, and and I'm not saying it's like the crowning moment of his career, Uh but that is a cool photo. Right. And. It's a cool action shot, and it's that moment from the year, and it was a critical time. Sure. But he also, in that game, had the wave. Yeah. So what if on the wave play, which True. was still kind of like a crowning moment, or is that a little too inside baseball for everybody to get? I think if you get the right shot of it, and usually the company that we use, they they have they get access to some amazing photographs. Um if you have multiple images, yeah, you definitely do it. My buddy Pete in Pittsburgh had um, 
uh, AB exclusive while he was in Pittsburgh for most of his time. And, you know, AB had... He's signing helmets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He told me some stories. Maybe he's going to call you. Maybe you have a couple shots yeah. that, that he can use, He's man. told me some tales about that guy for a while. But, you know, AB had the moment where, you remember, he tried to jump over the guy and ended up kicking the guy in the face. Yes, yes. And then he had the grabbing the pile on and using it. I mean, he. I kept telling him, I'm like, man, he's creating all these amazing moments for you. And so people want that. So you can definitely have more okay. as long as they're, you know, epic. And I, uh, I was going to say, it would be cool if you had the wave and if Mike Mitchell yeah. from the Steelers <laughs> would sign it too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that would be a pretty good one to get. By the way, before I, I yeah. get too deep You're into this, I have to mention Fred Taylor along with other Jacks. Yes. Yep. I don't want to leave him out. Oh, I know yeah. for sure. That's our guy right there. <laughs> I'm not being that guy. We, we, don't, we don't want no a phone call. I'm Brent. not being that guy. We don't want a phone call. And, and, but, and I'm sure he sells pretty well. But what about what, uh, you? Don't no, lose your you thought. Got, I, I'm I interrupting it. you. But we're good. Uh, we're good. Maurice Jones-Drew, I always think about as another national guy. Mm-hmm. Does he still resonate? You know, it's funny. So we worked super close with Mojo while he was here. And I think what happened, actually, I know what happened, and you guys will agree. It went so bad. It got so south with the holdout. And then he came back, and it was just that one year, and then he was gone. That it, he left on a on a kind of sour note. Yeah. And so we really, I mean, it's been years since someone has asked. Really. For Mojo stuff. Interesting. Wow. And so I think it's going to take like a homecoming. If he's a, you know, he's kind of a potential. Oh, he's a pride guy. Right. Pride is got to be. Oh, hands yeah. down. Yeah. So if that happens, when that happens, absolutely, because I think then the homecoming and everyone will. You know, forget. That's and move inter- on. That's interesting. Yeah, because we, again, we do before Jalen, I've always felt like he was the most national player this football franchise. Absolutely, hundred percent. Um, but that's that's an, it's timing. It's all about timing. It's all and about remember, time. they stunk too. Exactly. On top of it yeah. all, and he had the incident uh, down in St. Augustine and mm-hmm. all that oh, stuff. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Details, Austin. <awesome. laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't there. I kind of was. I was. I was at the conk house that day. Of course not. <laughs> My only time there. <laughs> Ever. That's <laughs> so, so I interrupted you. Oh, no, you're good. Well, uh, you know, Martin mentioned like the, the, the moments, you know, and like sometimes people want more of the moments and actually just the athletes memorabilia. And my question to both you gentlemen is if you could frame one moment, you know, and kind of get it framed, uh, maybe get it autographed, what moment would you pick? I'm going to go with the one that I I saw um, in my mind at the minute you asked, we asked a question about moments. Sure. And it was... Um, Doug Flutie's Hail Mary, oh, yeah. but ah. it's not the Hail Mary. It's when he jumps into the arms of his offensive linemen. And so yeah. that's kind of that indelible image that I have um, because I don't want the Billy Buckner play. Oh, man. <laughs> Ten-year-old Brent is not like that. No. Nine, ten? Uh, nine, yeah. yeah. Right around uh, that. So I don't want that. That's without thinking about it. So I just yeah. the first one that jumped no, like in that. when we said it was the Flutie, number 22, sure. in the Boston College Uni, in the grainy video. Yep. You know, that, that'd be the, the one. jersey all yeah. mesh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they didn't wear skin-tight jerseys then. No. <laughs> I've got, so I've got two. What do you got? So the one that, for, that we do sell that I love and I cherish, and every time I look at it, I smile because he was an amazing friend of ours, is we would have Dwight Clark oh, sign yeah. the catch, and he would uh, hand-draw the play. Mm-hmm. And so from a professional standpoint, I would say that. From a personal standpoint, I'm a huge. I'm the only one in 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 Florida, I think, or Northeast Florida. But I'm a huge Marlins fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I think of great classic moments that stand out, I always think of Edgar Renteria off Nagy back up the middle, and um, 
uh, Council coming home and scoring the winning run of the 97 World Series. So that would be my personal one. Um, I don't think there would be a huge demand for Edgar Renteria, Craig <laughs> Council, combo signed items. Though. You? Because uh, well, I'd ask you, but no one wants a TJ McConnell. Ever, <laughs> I was so. going to say, TJ McConnell dropping the triple double. Do you have any TJ McConnell stuff? Fortunately, I'll have to check the website. I think we're sold out. Not available. Martin, Mark Spencer, and my neighbor Calvin Carrigan are the only three true Marlins fans I know. I'm not saying yeah. they're the only three. It's just yeah. not, not, I'm just saying the ones that I know. True fans. Like, they I really are it. Marlins fans. Can you I send me their information so I have somebody to text? Quick <laughs> 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 through the season together, please. Much like the Rays, like, Ty is the only one that I absolutely know likes the Rays. Sure. Actually, his buddy, the, the Mans, they like him too. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. Like, that really did. Now, again, I'm not, I'm sure there are more. Yeah. Sure. All right, man. <laughs> you guys got to stick together, though, man. It's like a support group for, exactly. for hey, Martin Marlins Buckley, fans. thanks for coming in. Always. Thanks Appreciate for having it. me, guys. And uh, Percy Harvin, 5 to 7 on Saturday, Palm Beach Autographs. You know what? We're going to give away a, a free autograph. All you got to do is call right now, 904 What's our number? 362-9901 or star star 690. And you can pick up the ticket at Palm Beach Autographs and get a Percy Harvin autograph on Saturday night. Right? Absolutely. Sounds yes, good. Sir. Yeah. Uh, caller number, not one this time, caller number three. Get it in. 904-362-9901, star star 690. We're back with a Tyree Brady interview next. Welcome back, 520 here on a Tuesday. Thanks for hanging out. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I'm Ann Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs. A lot of fun hanging out with Good him. Time. Learning about the business. Oh, yeah. Still can't get a complete answer on how much our autographs would be at the store. Yeah, that's true. But we are going to do a uh, remote from Palm Beach Autographs and invite the public. Yep. Well, I'm sure we go on eBay. I might have something on, up for grabs to get an idea of yeah. what's going on. I'm going to fly my family in that weekend. <laughs> uh, for sure. Do you come from a big family, bro? <laughs> Not big enough. <laughs> right? Not big enough. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we'll have some fun with that, uh, hopefully down the road. But again, if you're interested, Percy Harvin signing Saturday, and that's 5-7. to seven. Of course, former Gator, 06-08 National Champions. Uh, Ricky Williams signing on Saturday in Wellington. And then uh, in a couple weeks, Boise State and Florida State play. And... Uh, Charlie Ward will be here that day at Palm Beach Autographs in the Avenues Mall from 12 to 2. So a little bit of something for everybody. I like it. At Palm Beach Autographs uh, and and Martin Buckley and everybody over there does a a great job. So uh, check out their store. Get early start on Christmas gifts. That's (laughs) a good place to go. You know, I always say this, too, and that's why I like having Martin in because even talking sports, it's what he does all day. Yeah. I call him America's guest, but that's what he does all day. He he talks sports. Everybody that walks in there, if you go into his his, uh, store, Mm -hmm. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I know where it's at. You you stay. You go for five minutes to look around, and you spend forty five there. Sure, because you're just talking sports. Jags, Gators, Knowles, Dogs, Miami, yeah. anyone else, um, and it's and it's kind of fun. Uh, all right, speaking of talking some sports and talking some Jags, let's get back to it a little bit. We talked Good. a lot. Nick Foles talked to Chris Conley, but this game on last Thursday and maybe even this Thursday is going to be about the backups again. The depth. Mm-hmm. Does another wide receiver have a chance to make this team? Well, there's a guy by the name of T. Brady. And if you get beyond the D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee, uh, D.J. Chark, Chris Conley, Keelan Coles, is there somebody else that can push someone else out or at least take the place of a Marquise Lee early on if Lee's not ready to go? Well, Tyree Brady has had a very nice camp. Mm-hmm. 
he had a chance to catch a ball on Thursday night and miss. There's a big distinction there. You can make a lot of plays on the field, but if you don't make the play under the lights, it almost weighs more. Oh, without a doubt, Brent. Yeah, I mean, when when you're in that preseason game and the and it's a catchable ball. I mean, listen, you, you can make your bread and butter if you make a fantastic highlight catch, you sure. know, and all of a sudden maybe you go from the bottom guy to all right, man, this guy's gonna be at least on the practice squad, if not on the team. But when you drop some of the routine catches like that, it can hurt you. Yeah, and so he has another chance Thursday night to really yeah. try to put an exclamation point or at least another exclamation point on what's been a really good camp. He's opened mm-hmm. eyes. He started his college career at Miami, went to Marshall. He's a South Florida kid, and he's done a nice job so far. I caught up with him after practice today. The Jaguars version of T. Brady, Tyree Brady. You've done a nice job out on these practice fields and, and really impressed. Are you happy with what you've put out there in front of the coaches and the eye in the sky? Yeah, definitely. Um, every day I'm just out here getting better and just um, competing every day, just getting better, learning from the older guys and just working on my craft and um, showing, you know, I'm making plays and I just got to keep it going, just keep elevating. Now that you're entrenched in it, mm-hmm. it, do you still sit at the hotel at night and be like, hey, man, I... I'm, I'm earning a shot at the NFL. I mean, is there are there pinch me moments like that for you? Uh, I mean, every day I just, you know, I always put myself like, I always think, I don't try to think like, oh, yeah, it's here. Like, nah, because I haven't arrived yet. You know, I just feel like I got to work and earn it every day. I just come with that mindset every day. Like, every day is a new day because you could be here today and going after practice tomorrow. You never know. That's how it is in this business. So I'm grinding every day obviously always been a good player um, for the most part, yeah. but i got to believe when you get here, there's a curiosity. It's like, okay, how good am I? Mm-hmm. Can I play with these guys? Can I, yeah. The Chris Conleys of the world, the D.D. Westbrooks of the world that have been doing it now. Do you feel like you fit? Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like I fit. Um, you know, them guys, you know, great players, you know, and they all bring bring they get, um, certain skills to the game, and I bring mine, you know, we, they all, and I feed off, you know, I take little bits of things I learned from them, you know, add them to my game. And, yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm ready for this league. Yeah. How Definitely. much pressure is it on you to, to almost not make a mistake? Mm-hmm. A guy like you is trying to earn a spot. Yeah. Uh, don't let the ball hit the ground. Is, is there an added pressure to someone in your position? I mean, not not really. I don't put, you know, it's pressure, you know, just competing out here every day. But, you know, I'm, I'm just out here to get better and just work on just work on the little things, you know, if if I, whether it's like running great routes, you know, I've been working on that a lot, my route running and things like that. So, you know, just finding any way I could get better out here was learning something from Chris, Didi, Marquise, my coach, you know, they always put me to size and pick, um, pick my brain and stuff. So I just, I just learned from them. Is, is it one of those deals when you get to this level that you're like, man, I thought I knew a lot about this position already. Mm-hmm. Oh but yeah, here yeah. I am learning a lot oh, more. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that. I feel like that's a big uh, college transition from the NFL. You know, felt like you was the man and stuff in college. Then when you get here, you like, okay, I see it's still a lot, a lot more I have to learn. But then that's the exciting part because that that's not going to do nothing but elevate your game and take you to a higher level. So I'm excited about that. And I'm working. Are you thinking, or are you just playing at this stage? Uh, that, that, and that, that that's a transition that every rookie has to get over, you know, you know, from learning all the playbooks, you know, and learning these coverages and things. But, you know, me, I'm out here, I'm getting comfortable each and every day. That's why I'm working, going home, studying. So I'm getting comfortable each and every day, and I'm starting just playing. When you out there just playing without thinking, you're able to make a lot of plays. So, What was last Thursday like for you mm-hmm. to see the action, uh, playing against the Ravens, playing in the NFL yeah. game? 
Uh, I mean, it was it was a exciting experience. It was very great experience. And, you know, it's humbling experience. You know, it just make you want it even more. Like you just want to be out there making plays for your team. You see the atmosphere. You got a chance to see how everything really is in this league. And and I'm excited about it. Uh, what was the experience? What was the uh, reaction? Home, parents, family, but mm-hmm. friends. I mean, what, yeah. what was it? Were the texts? Were they lighting you up? Or like, mm-hmm. I saw number 19 out there. Yeah. Anything like that? Give us, give us an example mm-hmm. of what last Thursday, Friday were like. Yeah, you know, uh, it was motivation for my um, my youngest brother. You know, my friends and things like that. You know, just because they know all the hard work I put in. You know, my mom, they know all the hard work. So you know, it was like, yeah, you here. But, you know, just keep going. Like, this only to start. Like, you got to keep it going. You know, and they all counting on me and my teammates counting on me. So, just grinding. You've made a lot of plays out here. How important now is it to make them inside that stadium with the lights on? I mean, that's that's when it really counts, you know. Um, You out here, you making um, plays in practice, you know, that's great because, you know, you want to treat every practice like a game. So now it's time to translate that over to the game day. Just get out there and just do what you've been doing in practice. So that's why it's so big to make plays in practice. One last one for you. Uh, We've seen the deep ball a lot. Uh, you know, we've been around here a while. I don't know if we've seen as many deep balls, and it looks, I mean, Foles obviously doing a great job of mm-hmm. it. Are they calling more of it? Are they letting you guys fly down and go make plays? Is there a sense of that with this offense? Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. They're going to definitely, in this offense, you know, you're going to get your opportunity to make plays, you know, so you got to be it. That's what this league is about. Can you make those plays, especially with Nick and Coach Phillip calling the plays, you know? That's uh, Tyree Brady, Jaguars receiver, number 19, uh, and he's. He's been making some noise out there, you know, and I don't know his impact on special teams. He's, uh, I don't think he's a super fast guy. He's working on the route running. Uh, it'd be interesting. I think he's a long shot, even with a good camp. I just think their receiver position is that way. But do they keep five or six? Does he have a chance that way? The McBride kid made some plays last week under the lights, had a few catches, and even um, Marone uh, kind of highlighted him in his postgame news conference. So, where else they go at the receiver position will be interesting. It's always a fascinating watch. Between quarterback and receiver, I always feel like that's the undrafted free agent target. It is. And it's it's funny, too, because you'd think the biggest transition from college to pros, Brent, would be the wide receiver position just from the speed standpoint. Also, I think the corner position's up there as well. But every once in a while, you find that diamond in rough. I mean, look no farther than Alan Hearns a couple years ago. You know, Alan Hearns is an undrafted free agent, and all things considered, put in some pretty good um, reps with the, with the Jaguars. So uh, it's always a position where you can never have too many good receivers, right, for a depth perspective. And um, you never know if one could shine the preseason. Tyree Brady doing it so far on the practice field. Can he do it under the lights Thursday night? That game on Fox 30, Eagles and Jaguars. More Jags talk. Low stay in your lane as well. Get you caught up on the rest of the day. ESPN 690 flying by today on a Tuesday. Thanks for hanging out with us. I think he he looks special. I mean, he can make a lot of plays. You saw it in the game. He, I mean, he's a fingernail off of two massive big plays. I think um, the key for him is the key for any you know uh, great you know highly touted player and, and anybody really is is to remain humble and to keep working. You know that's just the, that's just the key. And so uh, he's a, he's he's got great humility. Um, he's got great poise. He's confident. He's competitive, as you can imagine. You know, and and he's got all the athletic ability in the world. And so. It's, it's our job to give him a chance and make it, let, let him make plays. That's Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks quarterback, talking about DK Metcalf. Metcalf slipped in the draft. He did. He's got the body. We know that. He has the the, the forward speed. Yeah. 
He has the linear speed, I guess they would call that. He did some crazy, you know, workouts. Yeah. Yep. He's like Zeus. First team all NFL body. Um, but for some reason, teams didn't take a flyer on him early. Well, Brent, we talked about it. I mean, the guy, for all things considered, had some pretty tight hips in terms of you his shuttle. It. it was all about hips. Well, Tom Brady ran a faster shuttle run than he did. Okay. Is that what it was? I can't. That's what it was. Wow. That says a lot. All I can picture yeah. is Tom Brady coming out of Michigan looking like this rocking skinny the, white dude. R- rocking those baggy starter shorts with that, that <laughs> extra long tall tee. Yeah, it wasn't a good look for Mr. Brady. Uh, and now look at him. Anybody else interest you like that, though? DK Metcalf, I, I kind of forgot about him. Mm-hmm. But when Russell Wilson brought him up, I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder how he... He will be. Is is there anybody else like that that we don't talk? Listen, we talk all about Kyler Murray. Yeah, we talk, yeah. Even we mentioned Daniel Jones a bit. I got one for you. Montez Sweat. Oh, Montez Sweat was the, the intriguing guy from the Senior Bowl. Uh, I think he's got all the intangibles. Put up a freakish combine. And dipped in the draft. Dipped in the draft a little bit. Went to Washington, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I'm curious to see how he does at the defensive end position. Because remember, uh, uh, the, the Raiders took a guy above him. And then I think did Burns go in front of Montez Sweat oh, yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah Burns went Definitely. in front of him he went as like well. Fifteen or exactly. Yeah. Carolina. Yeah, yeah. And he looks good early on. He does. Um, I, you know what else? I think the Jags kind of have one of those guys. Isn't Jawan Taylor one of those guys? Yep. That you're like, all right, he was penciled in as number seventh overall pick by a lot of people, or a top sure. ten guy. Mm-hmm. He almost couldn't get him away from the top twelve, mm-hmm. and he dips into the second round. You're like, all right, what's going on here? What are the, what's everybody else seeing? Is it strictly, you know, what everybody wants to say is it was just a right tackle, the value, positional value on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's something more to it. Or did the Jags again, kind of like in the Miles Jack situation, land a stud in the second round sure. for whatever reason where yeah. other half teams didn't like? I think half the teams had an injury associated with Taylor, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, or at least we're a little concerned about that. If I remember from draft time, I think that's why it came out. Now, Miles Jack's situation, totally different. That was a, a big talker around draft time. Everybody knew he was this top five, top ten talent. Yeah. They were just concerned about the knee, uh, which knock on wood well, has knock continued on wood, to but, be fine. And wasn't with Miles Jack, didn't they put kind of like a timetable on they like did. he's only got like a certain amount of years before and he's coming up it's going to be... He's yeah, it's like, crazy people, to me. Well, it was like four or five. It, they, they, everybody was concerned because in the view of the draft, you want to sign, you want to be able to re-sign your guy. Of course. Well, sometimes, like, you know, he can knock what we think they want. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. Continued. But this is, that's, you know, that's a great point you just bring up, and I really hadn't thought about it. We've mentioned Jalen, we mentioned Yannick, and we mentioned Miles in the same breath as mm-hmm. a guy who needs a contract, mm-hmm. right? Or, or will be looking for a contract. But we haven't brought up that point very much. And apologies if I've slept on it. Maybe some other people have. And people have talked about this and I just missed it. But this is the window. This is what people were afraid of. Will you be able to re-sign him? We think he's a fantastic player. But there is that knee a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And therefore, you, don't, you might not be able to sign him to that second deal. Well, I loved what, uh, I think at the time it was Bill Polian. Mm-hmm. Bill Polian, his view on it. When he was doing some ESPN stuff around that draft time when Miles came out in 16, he said, it doesn't matter anymore. He's like, you sign these guys. Yes, you would like to have a guy for seven or eight years. But as a GM, as a guy in charge of team, you can't worry about that. you got to go get a guy, get a player. And if you have him for four or five years, you have him for four or five years. It's the way it is. You know, yes, ideally you'd love a guy for eight to ten to twelve years and he's that perennial pro bowler, especially if he's a first-year guy, a first-round guy, or maybe even a second-round guy. But – 
You can't worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I love when Bill Polian said that. But you just brought up an interesting point. I don't know why I haven't really thought about this as much about that knee. Like, where is it now in that process? How healthy yeah. is it? And again, knock on wood, Miles Jack has been healthy. Mm-hmm. There has been very little discussion over the years about that knee. The Jag, that was a, I don't even think it was a 50-50 proposition. I think it was most of the league thought that knee well, he, he wasn't going to the hang, round, Brent, because of that. I mean, he, he dropped in the draft because of that. Yeah. You know, he, he would have won a lot sooner, but the, the, the synopsis was that, yeah, it's, it's a taking time bond. There's a shelf life on it. And when you get to like year five or six, I think it was, it's going to do whatever it's going to do. I don't even know what the exact verbiage was, but it's crazy to me. It's yeah. crazy that they can predict that. Yeah. You know? Well, that was the concern. Yes. And now will it be a concern? I guess is where I'm turning this to yeah. when it comes to contract talks with Miles Jack, even though he really, again, knock on wood, has not had any any problems with it that we know of. And it's fascinating. What I'd love to see is I'd love to see Jalen Smith, the Cowboys linebacker, and Miles play for 10 years, make four Pro Bowls, be what a, one time be a defensive player of the year. Sure. And then I'd like to see the 30 for 30 on those guys because they both slipped. Now, listen, Jalen Smith had much more reason to slip. Mm-hmm. That was a devastating blow in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. And it was nerve-related. And what he's been able to do and come back and play at his form has been really good. Yep. And I think early on the Jaguars won that because you could take a chance on either guy, Jalen Smith or Miles. Well, because they got early return on Miles Jack in the first couple of years, Cowboys had to be more patient with Jalen Smith. Mm-hmm. And remember, if, if I remember correctly, Jalen Smith went off the board before Miles Jack. But the Cowboys Thanks. said, yeah. hey, well, we're it's okay if we sit this out for a year, year and a half, even two years. This guy's going to come to back that. and be a good player. Yeah. And it's paid off for them now that we're three, four years deep into that. Sure. Um Fascinating. Uh, you just sparked a, a thought that I hadn't really thought about a lot when it comes to Miles Jack and that uh, uh, that knee and, and how it could factor even into uh, contract negotiations. Hey, Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. They can't get a deal done. There's some trade talk now. John McClain, who's been covering the Texans forever, says there's no doubt in his mind he's going to get traded. Mm-hmm. They need a left tackle. Where's he going? I'm not saying he's coming to Jacksonville, by the way. That's not what I'm floating. I'm just saying, is he going to stay in Houston? Is he going somewhere? Dolphins, I think, are in the mix now, um, at least some of the rumor mill going on. It's weird to me because you have J.J. Watt, who has been obviously unbelievable, but with his injuries, and it feels like he's older than his age indicates to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would not be shocked if J.J. Watt falls off fast like some athletes do. Sure. Well, you have a guy like Clowney, who's a supreme talent, and actually I think keeps getting better and better, and he's been more productive and more productive, yet you're ready for him to walk, willing to to see him walk. I don't think it's exactly the Yannick Ngakwe situation, but I think it's similar in the idea that I I believe the team values him one way, maybe versus what the agent and player value well, you know, Clowney yeah. and, and Yannick, and, and that's where there's a. Though I really feel like Yannick and the Jags are a lot closer than Clowney and, and Houston. No, I mean and it's also been reported by a couple outlets saying that Clowney wants to be like you know either the top or the top three paid, um, the highest paid defensive end slash rushman out there, and you know you could argue. I mean he he was a he's a Pro Bowler. You know I mean it's just are you Cleo Mack? You know are you Aaron Donald? Those guys are in their own class, I feel like. And not to knock Clowney by any means, because Clowney's a heck of an athlete as well. But I, I wouldn't. If it was me, if I'm the GM of, of, of the. Is there a GM right now in Houston? Didn't they get rid of their GM? 
Or is that a different team? Might be a different team. Whoever it is. Um, but if I'm the GM in Houston, I'm pumping the brakes on Clowney getting that Cleo Mack kind of money. Yeah, it sounds like they are. And the good news for the Jags, they might not have to worry about him. <laughs> Andrew Luck, At least in the division. Clowney, I mean. Maybe. We'll see. The stars are aligning. Usually those things will happen by around Labor Day, so we'll see what happens with you, Dave and Clowney. We come back, stay in your lane, and we put a bow on the show on ESPN 690. I'm putting this out on social media right now, and it reads, Okay, Austin just told me that stay in your lane coming up now will have maybe the biggest guest we've ever heard <laughs> on the show. I would think so, Coos. Would you agree? I There's feel a real like chance. he's overselling. No, but I have no idea what he's talking about. I know you don't. Let's find out. Now I'm going to tweet this, and then I'll get on with the rest of the show. Also, I should probably preface this, too. <laughs> I might get in some trouble. We'll see. <laughs> but then this is my doing. So, Okay, bosses, I have no idea what's going on here. Kuz is in charge of the show for the next 10 minutes. Okay. This is, cool. well, so this is, just, this is my idea. Kuz is an associate, though. Kuz, if I'm going down, you're going down with me, all right? That's fine. Deal. <laughs> All right. I was confident. Get that apology ready, maybe. We'll see. Hopefully right. hopefully, you just added so much to the Driving Dish podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's a landing spot. I mean, we well, ready sure, now. I mean, I don't I even mean, care yeah, about the rest. I don't care about <laughs> anything else now. Do you want me, are we doing it right now? Let's do okay. it. All right. So uh, stay in your lane. Well, first, before we get to pump through brakes, let's get into cruise control a little bit. Cruise Control, going out to Hard Knocks. Brent, the last time I was this excited for a show on HBO, the White Walkers were getting ready to storm Winterfell. And, uh, spoiler alert, we know how that ended. Kind of meh. So, get Derek Carr off my TV. Get John Gruden's aggressive pre-practice speeches off my TV. I want Antonio Brown. I want his reactions to everything that's transpiring. I don't care about the first preseason game. I don't care about the Rams joint practice. I care about watching Antonio Brown sitting in an NFL office complaining about his helmet (laughs) and uh, his response when his motion gets denied. That's what I want to see. That's the must-see TV, and I hope Hard Knocks does not mess this up. if you get what you want to see there, then the NFL really wants to see Hard Knocks do well. Because yeah. if they're allowing it's cameras into Antonio Brown and, and... I feel like they're going to, right? Uh, is that the story? I, th- I mean, I feel like they have to. Like, the, 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 they follow these guys everywhere. I'm sure you got to sign some kind of disclosure. I don't know, you don't man. think it's going to happen? I don't oh. know. This crosses that. I, I, I don't, again, we'll see. Yeah. Like, it, he went to, like, an arbitrator. He did. Right? Yeah. I now do they have them walking in the facility? I'll be interested. Now you got me interested. See, right? I, wanna, I don't think I, I want to see Gruden's reaction don't. to this too. Well, that the rest of it. I, I, mean, I mean, again, the rest of the buildup's great. I'm just yeah. wondering in that simple fact of will they show anything at like the league offices or an arbitration or anything like that? I highly doubt Hard Knocks was allowed into that, but we'll see. Okay, okay. Pump your brakes. <laughs> It's, it's, okay. This is your segment. It's okay. I guess we want to pump your brakes. All right. I'm going to uh, gonna make a phone call here real quick, and I'll put it on speakerphone, and I'll try to get a guest on the show, and we'll see what happens here. Once again, not sure what's going to happen. Should I talk in the meantime? I feel like you can... contact the NBA, WNBA, and NBA Development League Fan Relations. We appreciate your taking the time to share your thoughts. To ensure a response, we ask that you submit your comments or questions on our website at contact.nba.com. Thanks again for reaching out and for your interest in our league. Record your message at the tone. When you are finished, hang up.
Hi, this is Austin Lane with ESPN 690 Radio looking for Adam Silver. We got his number uh, from a tweet that Michael Porter Jr. put out. And we're just trying to have Adam Silver on the show, uh, talk some basketball. We're, we're you know, a couple of big Orlando Magic fans here. So just calling to see if we get Adam Silver on the show for a couple minutes, uh, kind of talk about the state of the NBA. We're real big fans. If you can get back to me, my phone number, I'm not going to say my phone number because this is live radio. So, uh just uh, use caller ID. Thank you very much. 9-9-0-1. Best commissioner in sports, by the way. There it is. Uh, or just dial star star 690. Nice talking to you. Thank you. I'm, so, I'm sad you didn't ask about TJ McConnell. Yeah, not today. So but to kind of preface this, Brent, exactly what happened here <laughs> and why that just happened. So Michael Porter Jr. was at a convention with Adam Silver, and Adam Silver had a PowerPoint uh, presentation going on, and in one of the slides, Adam Silver's phone number and his office number popped up on the slide. Well, Michael Porter Jr., for whatever reason, took a, screen, like, took a, a picture of the number, put it on Twitter, and now people are barbaric. Basically barraging Adam Silver and his office number like we just did. Yeah, so we that's did what it. happened. So, we we're, it. so we're probably not getting a call back. You well, know, we no, tried, man. We tried. Uh, we tried his cell phone number. That went right to absolutely nothing. Yeah. saying it was disconnected. So his cell phone number was up there on that. Oh yeah, his cell phone number, and then that was supposed to be his office number. Wow. Yeah. At least we did it the right way and didn't call a cell. I know. I try to be a little more respectful here at ESPN yeah. 690. I didn't. I tried to call a cell. I was going to say, Kuz is like, you yeah, know call how many times Kuz has called that number today? <laughs> <laughs> Sending him text messages. What up, man? Mr. Silver. <laughs> yeah. Have so, you yeah. ever heard of the Driving Dish podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but Michael Porter Jr., man, pump your brakes a little bit. You can, can't you get, be... can you get in trouble for that? <sighs> Legal? Can you get fined like by a team or by yeah. the league for that? Here's the thing. I don't know what it would fall under. Yeah. You know. Here's the thing though. So like, it was a picture of obviously Adam Silver talking, and then his number in the background. I don't even know if Michael Porter Jr. meant to do that. You know, it might have been an accident. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, let's use a little common sense here. Your boss's cell phone number's on the screen, but. We tried, Brent. Sorry, I couldn't deliver, man. Nah, I thought I thought we were onto something. I really do like Adam Silver too. Yeah, I think he's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he is the best. Is he the best? He's got to be the best commissioner. He's most well respected and liked and not booed. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, I mean, do you want to know if he's liked or not? Watch a watch a draft. Watch like That's an MLB. Well, MLB is kind of different. But like, watch like the NBA or NFL draft and see if they get booed. If they don't get booed, chances are they're doing a pretty good job and people like him. I think he has seriously. I think he's good though. Like I, I, I think uh, he's um, he doesn't come across as and, and they're not this way, but he doesn't come across as like a dictator of the league. So and, and I think yeah. that's what probably that's what happens, whether whether it's framed that way. I'm not saying all these guys are that way. I think it's kind of uh, perceived to be with Roger Goodell, uh, Manfred. We don't know too well, but Bud Selig, it felt that way in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bettman, I mean, who, and I don't even know if anybody pays attention to it, but, you know, in the four majors, and even with um, Stern, mm-hmm. when he was the commissioner of the NBA, it kind of felt like I'm in charge and I'm not listening to anybody else. I'm making the decisions. And again, I'm not saying that's what they did, mm-hmm. but it was perceived to be that way. I feel like Adam Silver, from the second he got that job, I feel like he has made good decisions. He has explained himself well. There has been a transparency that makes it feel like players, owners, 
fans and everybody is involved in the discussion. And I think it's a very hard thing to do. I'm not saying everything he's done is right, but I feel like uh, he has done an admirable job in the position he's in. And I think with Adam Silver, too, he does a great job of, you know, kind of relating to the players. Yeah. You know, I mean, it seems like they're almost like friends, right? Like they're almost co-workers as opposed to he's the dictator running the show. Roger Goodell, on the other hand, it's not like that. And I'll never forget 2010. Other than the bro hugs on draft day. The bro day. hugs on draft day. 2010. <laughs> Um, my rookie year in Jacksonville, uh, Raj Goodell kind of made his rounds to each team, uh, try to talk about, you know, like the CBA coming up and just like the rules and everything that gets initiated. And so Raj Goodell, uh, got in front of the entire Jacksonville Jaguars organization in the meeting room and kind of just gave like this 10 minute speech. And believe me when I say that it was one of the most awkward things that I've ever been a part of because I didn't know how disliked Raj Goodell was at the time. I was a rookie, right? I was still pretty naive, but you got this sense that a lot of veterans, I'm not going to name your names, but a lot of veterans on the team despised Roger Goodell. Um, when there's a Q&A session, one of them got up and basically just lit into him and said, listen, I'm at my kid's you know, third birthday party, and you know, I have, I have to get tested for you know, urine tests for drugs at my kid's birthday party. It's embarrassing, and he's like, you should be ashamed of yourself. And I'm saying this very nicely. Uh, there's a couple choice words during that whole thing. Uh, another guy got up and the exact opposite where I guess Roger Goodell said a, sw- a curse word and the guy was offended that Roger Goodell he's like, the guy that set up is like, you're supposed to be our boss and you're up here cursing. He's like, you should be, like, once again, you should be ashamed of yourself. And it, it went back and forth like that. It's interesting. With like four or five guys standing up. So it was, it was an awkward situation. And that would have been 2010. And yeah. that was about a year or so away from when there would be a lockout. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of similar to this temperature yep. in terms of the players. Uh, and I do think, again, whether it's real or perceived perception often becomes reality. And I think from a player's perspective, young or old in the NFL, it's always been the NFLPA versus the NFL. Exactly. That's the way for the last 10 years now it's been pitted as the owners won, the players lost, right? And now the players are going to try to win and they want more money and the owners have to lose something. It's it's like a football game. Mm -hmm. It's And it's not like this one group altogether trying to make the game greater. I think that's maybe one of the downfalls of the NFL. And maybe that happens in all sports, but you really see it and feel it in the NFL. Well, especially now with the CBA coming up, Brent, 2020, where you have, you know, it's almost this narrative now where players are believing in themselves more than ever. This thing could get really ugly before it gets better because I feel like it's going to be two sides button heads the whole time. The other thing is the dollars. There's so much money, and some of the players that might be willing to talk are probably making big money and have clout and all this, and that's different, right? You don't get that in this workplace. Like in our workplace in here, you don't really see that or get that, I don't think. Maybe I'm just not privy to it, or maybe I should try it. (laughs) Hey, an eve of a football game in Jacksonville tomorrow. More Foles talking. We're going to do some camp battles tomorrow. That's coming up. Hope you have a great night, everybody. Make sure you watch First and Ten Training Camp tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30 at 11.50. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.